0: I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. Me. Bam,
1: bam. Me, man. Not a game. Slap that like she
2: scored 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what we even talking about, man?
1: We talking about sports here. All right, we're back with another episode of We Talking About Sports, number eight this week. This is episode number eight, man.
3: Um, yeah.
1: You know how we do here, man. From the start, we like to kick it. This is just a you know a friend podcast too. So, Ben, tell me about your week. Uh, my week, my week was just full of work, being
2: undermanned at work and being worked like a dog, bro. Uh, for not enough money but the weekend came around and uh, some buddies came up and visited we hit the river on saturday for a while uh came back home barbecued and watched the pay-per-view uh it was nice i enjoyed all the fights uh i had decent expectations for the fights and i think that they lived up to it i mean it wasn't any huge huge names but everybody did their part and the fights were pretty good so yeah back to work again today though another week how about you,
3: Roland? How's your nice. had a good week, man. Uh, just back at work again on a part-time basis, but just glad to be going into the office, getting some kind of routine going and stuff like that. So, uh, glad to have that back. Uh, soccer's still going, keeping me busy, uh, and then the USC, you know, uh, came back this week in a big fashion again uh, with another great card, so I was happy to see a lot of those results come through. Uh, in terms of the way the contest shook out uh, for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, it was a good weekend, man. I can't can't complain at all. Uh, the card actually, I, I think, um, over-delivered, or in terms of my expectations for it. I, I thought it, it over-delivered, yeah, for sure. Beat expectations.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> had a great week. Uh, I ended up actually going to my cousin Mike's house to watch the UFC. It was pretty cool, you know, uh, getting to be there with the fam. And kind of, you know, it's it's been a while since we've hung out with the fam because of all the social distancing and whatnot. So, yep. you know, it was nice. And, and like Roland said, the card for me, I mean, with the amount of knockouts and, and the way, the fashion that the fights ended, it really delivered. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And, and it kind of um, scares me a little here because some of these cards, uh, some of the fights lined up uh, are not maybe at the level of UFC 250's yeah. um, quality. But that's, that's all right, though. I mean, as long as we're getting some kind of sports – I, I can't be too mad, you know.
2: Bundesliga was good this weekend. I didn't mention that, but it was nice seeing uh, some of those games Saturday morning—the Bayern, uh, Bayern game and the Dortmund game. It's pretty cool. Did you and have we any plays on it? No, nah, I didn't. But we got a
1: consensus winner with Magni. Yeah, uh, can't forget How to mention that. How about so- Magni in that third round, though? Wasn't that nice?
2: Yeah, he put, he put it on him. He put it on him. We'll get into that a little bit right now when we recap the card. But, yeah, I got to mention that two, the consensus moves to two and two. Nice.
1: All right. You know what? Speaking of the contest recap, let's go over that, Ben. All right. Well, yeah, uh, like we said, the contest was going to shake up a little
2: bit uh, due to the fact that there was 11 fights on this pay-per-view card and the updated standings. Uh, we got Roland Z at nineteen point three. We got Justin at seventeen. Uh, I'm still leading. Sorry, guys, twenty point seven five. Josh, our guest picker last week, came in at fi- with fifteen point four total. Now, Gabby, Gabby, her beards and tattoos picks are at eighteen point <laughs> five. Uh, Big John's at ten point seventy. Mondo's at 14.2, still losing to Gabby, and she actually, she actually uh, extended that lead a bit. Mondo's got some work to do. Uh, Spencer didn't work out for a couple of people that picked Spencer. That one didn't. That one didn't work out. I never had
3: a chance. Interesting risk.
2: Yeah, Roland Gonzalez at 9.8. He had one of the better weeks. Izzy's up at 10. Diego comes in at 14.35, and then we had two new. Uh, Two new people joining the contest and picking fights. Steven had one of the better weeks. He picked up nine point one five points in one week.
0: And nice. Rexa
2: Rexa comes in at five point eight. And like I mentioned, the consensus goes to two and two, still in the red, uh, due to some juice that we've drank on the two favorites that lost. But we're gonna we're gonna get it we're gonna get it in the positive.
1: Yeah. All right, man, let's talk some UC quick hitters. Um so the people that got paid this weekend was amanda Nunes and cody garbrandt um deservedly so i think their fights to me the way that they finished i mean cody did and and nunez just doing whatever she wants it Looked like she was out there with a punching bag for sure
3: yeah I mean, that line should have been like yeah. just three thousand yeah and also too the you know the bigger names in the the usc right now are in terms of the the people or relative to the people who fought that that night so yeah, no, no surprise seeing those two guys at the top, or uh, two fighters, Nunez and and Cody. But uh, one name that really popped out at me as making some change was uh, Alex Casadas. But I guess he's a, a USC vet, so he has a, a pretty decent contract, uh, having uh, put some time in the game. But yeah, um, good for him. Yeah, and I
2: mean, we say decent money, but it's still not like he's not making six figures just to show he made yeah, really good uh, money because he showed and won. won.
3: Yeah, but still, yeah, it's still A lot of the
2: UFC fighters' pay is based on show and win. So, like for example, uh, Cody Garbrandt, I believe, made one thirty to show and another one thirty to win, totaling up to two hundred and sixty. And then I'm pretty sure that he took home either knockout of the night or performance of the night. I didn't see the uh, the bonuses after the show, but you got to think him or O'Malley either got knockout of the night, um, and Nunez probably got performance of the night. So. Yeah, but no love, and, and Nunez came in, you know, towering over everybody else as far as pay-wise for this card. Still nothing crazy. Nobody made half a million dollars. I mean, even Nunez, who has now eight, nine title defenses. Um, It is women's fighting, but yeah.
1: All right, so uh, based on UFC 250, which fight uh, stood out to you the most as far as, like, the finish or the way that they did it? To you, like, what what, what was just most exciting for you to see?
2: Right off the top, I mean, maybe not most exciting, but the Alex Perez and Formiga man—that's the second week in a row that we see somebody stop due to those calf kicks. Yeah, uh, I know last, yeah, last week the curtain jerker, I believe we had a, a somebody stop due to leg kicks, and this week, I mean, Formiga went down like, like if his leg was broken or his ACO was torn. I mean, he couldn't put any weight on it. The referee just came in and stopped it. You know, Perez didn't have to follow up. Uh, so that's a technique that's now is making, becoming pretty popular in the UFC. And let's see how people adjust and, you know, defend it. it. It's the people who really commit to it. I mean, obviously, you could see two fights in two weeks have been stopped due to calf kicks. When did we ever say that before? You know what I mean? So that's a interesting little trend going on in the UFC right now.
3: Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'd probably have to go with you know uh, Cody's Cody's fight. That was probably the one that popped out the most at me. The buzzer beater. Uh, you know, yeah, the buzzer beater uh, right right uh, before the end of the round, uh, knocking out a Sun to to lock up the victory. Uh, One, you know, I was just impressed to see how Cody handled himself throughout the fight He seemed to be a little bit more composed uh, than I'd seen him in previous fights and uh, the way he set it up, man Was just amazing in terms of you know that the little duck that he gave Which which a sunshine completely fell for and he just came through and reminded everybody that he still has arguably the quickest hands in that division um, and can get into a striking battle and win it with just about anybody. So I'm interested to see where he goes from here. Because I, I think he was one guy that going into this fight really needed a big performance. And he came through with one and, and reminded people that he's still a name to be reckoned with. So uh, whether or not he's truly, truly all the way back and can really compete at the top of the division is something to be seen. Because I think sun sunshine was a nice little matchup for him. Uh, and just in terms of I think he was obviously the better striker um, in terms of. Uh, the two fighters that night so it was it set up nicely for him to come back and he took advantage of it so good for him uh but now that the, the booking is probably going to get a little tougher and he's probably going to see somebody uh that can strike with him and I, I think he might see somebody else that that uh fought on this card and had a had a good finish himself uh that i think uh, is also uh should be mentioned is uh, sean O'Malley. uh he had a pretty nice knockout as well and i think they might see each other in the future i know hmm. they were jabbing at each hmm. other
2: yeah, I think in the future for sure they'll see each other. But yeah. uh, one thing that I'll ask both of y'all I know, remember we talked about Cody Garbrandt switching camp, so he really didn't train mm-hmm. with Team Alpha Male for this I'm camp. Nice. Really, yeah, nobody from Team Alpha Male wasn't his corner for this camp. It's interesting. So, you know, his footwork was on point, but we talked about prior in our breakdown of the fight how a Sunsaw really wasn't going to pose a threat as far as knockouts go. So we were gonna have to see Cody kind of fight like he did against Dominic because Sun Cell's not one that's just gonna brawl with you. Exactly. Um, the the finishing punch, like buzzer beater. I mean, he the dude couldn't sit in his stool like he was out. That
3: was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was it bad.
2: was bad, and it was an, a walk off KO. Like we thought we had already seen the what Joe Rogan was calling the best walk off KO he had ever seen in O'Malley. Did Joe
3: Rogan sets "Uh, uh yeah. what, what's it called? A, a person in the moment, All right, he he's a." Uh... Prisoner of I
2: mean,
1: the moment. He's a uh, high on O'Malley, too, so. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, p- all pun intended. Yeah. Um, but, no, but, I mean, his job is to sell the UFC, right? So yeah. I, I guess it makes sense. But what I'll say about the Garbrandt finish was it wasn't very technical. Like, it was kind of like he just put – it looked like he put everything he had into that hook. Yeah. Now, he did, like I said, he hit He hit a sunset with the Ole and kind of, you know, dodged his punch. And hit him with, it just wasn't like, obviously, we know he's got the quickest hand. Cody's got some, if not the quickest, some of the quickest hands in the division. But what I'm saying is, it wasn't such a technical punch. Like, it I, I got to disagree
1: there, Ben. Yeah. He because normally it, it, doesn't it, throw those loopy
2: punches. I though, understand that, loopy.
1: but if, when I look back at that fight, it looked like he was trying to set up that last punch that way before. And, and, and he wasn't able, and then he went back to it again and set it up. It looked like yeah. that was set up. I, I feel no, that was
2: obviously
3: set up. Yeah, that was obvious. It yeah, was like sure. one
2: of those that he has like everything. I'm just saying it wasn't as technical. Nobody's. I'm not trying to throw shade on the knockout, but no, if not. we're looking at O'Malley's knockout and O'Malley fakes the uppercut mm-hmm. and gets nice Eddie paint. Wineland that to drop nice his arms, and then he comes over the top, you know, with the knockout, same walk off KO. All I'm saying is I know that they were both going back and forth. Uh, Roland also mentioned O'Malley and Garbrandt possibly matching up. Right now, it's obviously too soon for O'Malley. He wasn't even in the top 15 prior to this fight. I think this fight will put him into the top 15. But let's match him up with a guy between 10 and 15, maybe 8 through 15. Cody Garbrandt, I expect to be back in the top five after that finish. And for I'd sure. like to see Cody Garbrandt against Marlon Moraes. I think that's a good matchup. Somebody's going to fall. Somebody's going to go down. So, But that's another um, fight where Cody could get into that. Uh, yeah. Into that rock 'em sock 'em robots type, but I wow. like that look for Cody.
3: Yeah, I like Cody against Marlon. I think, and depending if uh, he can avoid a like a you know like you said a rock 'em sock 'em or just a brawl in the middle of the of like uh, of the ring in the first couple of minutes uh, of the fight and get it into the second round. I, I think we've seen Marius gas out on more than one occasion or, or get tired at least, um, and another and interesting thing take advantage. Thing
2: with Roland is Marias used to train with Mark Henry, and he no longer does. So, I mean, also Mark Henry would kind of, he would have a really good game plan for Marais. I think it'd be survive the first round, and after that, it'd be exactly. all Cody. Exactly. So, but I think that that's the fight to make for Cody. Now he's going to be in the top five. Marlon Marais is ranked number one right now. Maybe Aljo will pass him with the finish that he just had. We'll get into that in Shout a bit. Shout out
3: Aljo. Shout out Aljo. Yeah.
2: Uh, that Marais, Marais and Cody fight, I like it. I think that's a good matchup.
3: Yeah, and I think you're right in terms of it being a little too soon for O'Malley. I know the UFC likes to pump their guys up uh, in terms of giving them like uh, ma- either favorable matchups or they'll give them the big fight if they think it's ready and they really need to sell. But I don't think they're that desperate or they need to make that. There's a bunch of options that they can make. And I, I think they really like O'Malley and they don't want to ruin him in terms of bringing him up too fast and seeing him get knocked out. They've been picking all the right fights for him, man. Yeah, they've they've been been picking him nicely. Yeah, for sure. And the thing about O'Malley,
2: he also, he doesn't have a manager. It's just him and his coach doing negotiations, picking all the fights. You know, I had mentioned that he lives with his coach, that Tim Welsh guy. And they're a little combination, man. Like, I mean, like I said, all they do is blaze, work out, and gain. But, man, it's working, bro. They've got their own groove going, and... It's O'Malley claims he's got the best striking in the division. I think uh, we're going to find out by the end of 2021. uh, He'll get his title shot if he he keeps winning. But the other reason I don't think he's being pushed as fast is he's not international. We saw that with Darren Till because of all the the backing that he brings from England. O'Malley's in the States. And honestly, he kind of has a bad rep amongst the casual, more casual fans. I know my brother calls him a crackhead because he saw the rainbow hair and the star tattoos and all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. He just looks, he looks out it's there. It's hit you know miss. It it miss with the casuals yeah, with him. Exactly. Sure. You either like him or you don't. But yeah. he, he, he does have a strange look to him. He's always promoting marijuana. Like It's easy to see why some people might not gravitate right. towards him. And but when pretty he gets to that man. octagon, man, it's the <laughs> sugar show.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Nice was pretty fine. I thought it was hilarious what he said about Triple C, uh, saying that he didn't blame him really for leaving because I mean, he just got a girlfriend for the first time in his life, so he didn't <laughs> know what to do with himself. <laughs> you know, um, um, I just wanted to say
1: what Ben was talking about as far as the push on O'Malley. Is that last name Irish?
2: I mean, he well, definitely I mean, doesn't I'm represent big. the Irish. I'm like, just saying,
1: I, you can get that backing oh. if he starts pushing the Irish flag and <laughs> It'd be a little it's late, late for that. Late. No, it, it's not. It's not. The marketing's still there, available. Yep. But, uh, he's what yep. three fights in? I mean, it's not impossible.
2: Nah, but I mean, it's it's gonna that's be kind of corny if he just picks up yeah. that stick. I mean, all of a sudden, he, like, that's, he, like he's
1: not he gonna, has gonna take. Got the back that tattoo with, with the family tree name. It's not like that far off. You don't want to go. I
2: mean, that's he's just going to be living in Conor McGregor's shadows if he goes that way, bro. Yeah, no, he's well, trying I'm just to saying to guy. get that
1: extra, you know, no, extra... I get you, I
2: mean, that might benefit the UFC, but it doesn't benefit him for sure. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about He'd you know, get getting, getting a bigger
1: push, you know, as far as fans yeah. go. For sure. What did you like about what was your biggest takeaway from the fight? Joe? It was Nunes, man. Um, just being able to do whatever you want for five rounds, like I, I, uh, that, that fight. To me, the first thing that comes to mind is just complete domination. I yep. mean, she on on the ground, she was able to beat her, and that was supposed to be Felicia's spot, uh, standing up. It was like a punching bag. She chose her shots. She didn't yep. get frustrated all night. She chose what she wanted to do, and she did it. I mean, I haven't seen uh, that dominant of a performance through five rounds in a long, long time. And actually... big props to Felicia for just not, not getting knocked out, not getting... I mean, wow! Yeah, like sure. that girl has toughness, like but- big punch. props.
2: But let's see how much it affects her down the road, man. Yeah. those are back. That cyborg and this one, I mean, those are beatings from, like goats in the in women's fighting. Sure. You
3: know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's still so, up there. Not scared though.
2: Nunez has more title defenses than Felicia Spencer has fights in the MMA, man. So I mean, uh, earlier today I was listening to the Hawani podcast, and they were ta- podcast, and they were talking about. Pound-for-pound uh, pound rankings, do you put Nunez in there or not? Undeniably, the GOAT in the women's division, I mean, nobody, nobody's... It's not even close, yeah. Yeah, it's not even close, but... But where do you put her? Exactly, and are any of the men defending their belt against somebody who has eight UFC fights? Like, that was a point DC made, and I thought that's all that needs to be said. I mean, like, you in in the men's divisions, it, it takes a decent record and a good UFC record at that to get a title. Yeah,
0: for
3: sure.
2: Felicia Spencer had no fights, and she fought for a title in the UFC. Then she won one, and she's fighting for another one. She did fight in Invicta before, but, I mean, that weight division doesn't even have rankings, 145, the women's, because there's not even enough women
1: in there. So, I mean, you almost feel like she belongs, but you just don't know where to put her. For sure, for sure. But undeniably, the women go, like, undeniable.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it's not even close to – Thing that you ask yourself now is like we were talking about it but what's next what's next for her that sh- that chef shanko fight shouldn't excite her if she's already beat her twice and yeah.
3: it's going to be her belt i think dana already ass. shot that down too. yeah Dana Good.
1: in the presser was already shooting
3: that one down yeah, yeah she yeah, no said sense. that she already beat her twice so there's no need
2: and and we said that her wife is having her baby here soon like in a month or two uh nunez did tweet and say that she wanted a break I think she deserves a break. And the pressure she
1: said she's done for the year, she's going to just take this break and be with the kid. There so you there
2: go. goes that Megan Anderson fight at 145. And hopefully, I mean, that'll give it time, bro, for maybe 135 to kind of sort itself out. I know Holly Holm got booked against... Uh, Aldana. Aldana, yeah. I mean, another He's main first. event. Yeah, that's... Ugh, pass. But whatever, that division will sort itself out and then Nunez will come back and feast on whoever's next in line. And she won't be having to fight the number six-ranked person just because she's already beaten the top five. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. All right, well, you know, just speaking about UFC 250 and booking some of these fighters, since we don't really know exactly what's next for Nunez, well, oh, let's talk about some of these other winners. What do you want next for Algermain?
2: Aljo, I think Daniel box. said it was the title. Title, title, that's it. Title, and Bus. It- Ray, Ray Longo said fight again. Just yeah, Ray Longo said they're not signing a contract unless it's for a title. All right. Ray well, Longo also said he told them to stay ready because if Aldo can't get there for the fight island, if fight island doesn't happen, and maybe they just need to push. I mean, Aldo didn't he was in there for a minute.
1: Yeah, he's, he got he's out. good to go again. So
2: if it's he could just jump in and fight Jan if they have trouble Pause. getting Aldo over, if that island doesn't happen. So Longo was telling him to stay ready. Because in six weeks, you could be fighting for the title.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we already decided Cody and and um, Marlon would probably be the best fight next for him. It's a top it makes- five fight, and maybe Winter gets a shot. Nothing yeah. interesting. Another and- thing
2: just to mention was uh, we didn't mention it in the breakdowns. Cody Stamens' brother had passed away a week before, you know, the fight on Saturday. His brother was 18 years old, and he still decided to go through with the fight. I know at the end when Joe Rogan interviewed him, uh, he did break down and kind of everything was just bottled up. And after the fight, you know, he let it all out. Um, so it's good to see him win. I know uh, Brian Kelleher, he guy, cool guy to root for and stuff, but I don't think anybody wanted Brian Kelleher to win uh, that night. after. At the least that sport. night, no. Yeah, exactly. So.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, and O'Malley, we would like to see him against somebody what, through 10 through 15 next, right? Yeah, 10
2: through 15, 8 through 15, it's for sure next. Any name that stands out to you, though? He stayed, not off the top of my head right now. I know that he did stay in Vegas uh, Sunday because even after the fight, he said he wanted to negotiate with the UFC. Um, So uh, he's negotiating with the UFC. He didn't take much damage. You know, He looked sharp, did whatever he wanted. Um, Maybe we see a quick turnaround for him. Yeah. We know that that an uh, international fight week could be interesting. All right.
1: Well, um, the UFC has been experiencing some money drama lately. Mm. Now, uh, the George and John, you know, under the same management, they've been very vocal on Twitter. You got George mm-hmm. M- Masvidal taking interviews with Kenny Maine and talking about money and, and wanting a, uh, a bigger a bigger share. He even alluded to his dad, you know, coming over from a communist nation to fight for what's his and I mean there's a lot of talk. I mean you could tell George is just not happy with, with pay. And then uh Connor uh, announced his retirement over overnight on um over the fight night. Uh what's Perfect. going on with these stars? The is losing stars. What's going on with that?
2: Roland, what do you think, bro?
3: Oh uh, yeah, man! Uh, it's a bad problem right now,
2: and it just seems like it's all the big guys Sehudo, uh, John Jones, Masvidal, now McGregor—is uh, definitely not a problem the UFC wants to have at all. Yeah,
1: I not wonder good. if uh, there, if anybody has some insight on what's being signed with Bellator or what the numbers that Bellator was receiving or giving out that they're like, man, we just started, we need to get a bigger purse or, or maybe even seeing the PFL 1 million. And they're thinking, man, this is like, why are we still in the hundred thousands and under?
3: No, I just really think that their, um, their star power is just, you know, catching up pretty much, you know, and they're realizing how much that they're losing out there when they see, you know, boxers and, They understand that UFC is probably the the fastest growing or one of the faster growing sports um, in the past decade or so, um, give or take, or maybe the past 20 years. It's been around for a while, but I feel like since 2010 and on, it's really taken off. And when you're one of those guys like Conor McGregor, who's arguably, I mean, he's single handedly responsible for their most recent blow up, arguably into the mainstream. And, I mean, when you're getting paid compared comparatively to guys like Deontay Wilder and the others of the world, and you see other boxers making this big-time money, I mean, it gets at you. And when you're also a guy like Conor McGregor who's experienced how much he can make on the boxing side, I mean, it just amplifies that feeling. And these other guys like Jorge Masvidal and John Jones and the bigger names, they realize that, they're the big draws and you know if they're not fighting I mean the the UFC is probably still gonna be okay just because of their their namesake and where they stand in the in the industry there's just not another uh, company that really can compete with the stable of fighters that they have but at least these guys at the top I mean something to be said about their draw power I mean I don't I, you can go to a bar and you can tell the difference of between when Conor McGregor's is, is leading a card and um, I, I don't I don't know who else. I mean, I don't want to be, be disrespectful, but um, when Amanda Nunez is leading a card or, or when somebody else is headlining a card, there's a, a major difference, and there's data to back that up. And I just think these guys want to get paid for it. And I think they're really serious about it, and I just don't know what they can actually do about it in terms of, of fixing the pay scale. I think there is a solution
1: guys. out there. And, uh, yeah,
3: I, I know people have talked about a union, but a union kind of just... Um, even without going that far to a stuff, union, yeah. I think
1: there's a solution. What is it? What what they used to do beforehand. Before the UFC Reebok deal, fighters were making 100 k on their shorts and on their little banners... Yeah, Term- the, the, the Reebok, the Reebok is Geo, about to be terminated. It's it's, it's the coming Geo up. Reebok did
3: screw over the fighters. Yeah, it did screw over. That's let a good the, point, Let Justin. the fighters
1: wear their shorts again. The ones they want to bring in get sponsored by whoever they want. Yeah, and that's that'll make up for a lot of pay. I mean, some of these guys who have the draw power, like McGregor, uh, Masvidal. Imagine the kind of sponsorships they could bring in and the money they could bring in.
3: For sure, no, I agree, hundred percent. That Reebok deal is something that really put a, a damper in their earning power uh, in terms of not being able to get those sponsorships. I mean, they still get sponsorships, but um, it's, it's not as amplified, I'm sure, as having that free advertisement on a, a pay-per-view where hundreds of thousands of people are watching. So yeah, yeah, because
1: that Reebok deal, I think if you're a top fighter, you make the same as the low fighter, and you're not buying the, the fight for the low yeah. guy. You're buying the fight for the top guy.
3: And, and then and then when you have the, the only opportunity or the – from what I know, I, I know the pay per view points, just, they just don't throw them at everybody. I mean, you have to either be a champion or or maybe like, I'm sure Conor McGregor might still be getting pay per view points, even though he's not a uh, a champion, or maybe they, they just also have a different world. They went away when they signed with ESPN, also. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So.
1: I think pay per view well, also is a dead model. Like, it's not, it's something that's got to change too. I, I think subscription based is the way to go nowadays. If you but, look I mean, at everything, it's subscription based. No, I, I know, but, but imagine if you could pay 80 bucks a month and get two fights or two cards or whatever. Yeah, I think no, there's that'd be another way. There's got to be another way. Well, yeah.
2: I, I, with McGregor, I don't think money was the problem in his comments and his comments to Hawani. He was pretty much just trying, he was wanting to be Dana White in the matchmakers and tell them how. 155 yeah. was going to play out uh,
3: yeah he said he wanted to fight gaichi and keep yeah. the ball rolling and when and they, they can't and ali wasn't
2: going to give him gaichi be because ali wanted his guys to fight and keep mcgregor on the outside watching in so he could do stuff like this bro retire
3: and then i mean suppose uh, i mean if you think about it connor did have the chance of fighting gaichi up front but i i think he went the cowboy route Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. for sure. So I, I, I think could have gotten Gaethje out of that
1: picture. All right, that's well, true. I gotta that's ask true. y'all: with this being Connor's like sixth retirement, do y'all put any real weight behind this one? Third in four years.
2: I'm sorry, third retirement in four years. Uh, yeah.
3: Probably not. Prob- nope. But I do think it's a bargaining chip, uh, and hopefully he stands out a little bit to try and help the other guys. But I don't know how serious he is about it. So he what? does have, he does have a lot of the leverage right now. Like Roland said, as far as
2: bargaining shit. He and definitely ha- has a leverage
3: and they've been talking i forgot what i was listening to but they've been talking about the proper 12 and apparently he has sold a Stupid lot of whiskey amounts, a lot of whiskey so he he d- doesn't have to fight at all like i guarantee that so if he's going to go and fight he's going to make sure he's like decently compensated or more than decently compensated for oh. it but that's McGregor. He's good. That's, he's compensated. Yeah, bro. but that's just McGregor though. I'm. I mean. Oh well, yeah, him. I, I, just but. talking about Masvidal and yeah. John Jones
2: though. Those guys for sure.
3: Those guys they need to get paid because yeah. they they bring a big draw and they're only for a finite amount of time. Man, like uh, Masvidal's only going to be a draw two as years As long as maybe. he's active. And, yeah, exactly. So Why, they gotta I mean, they gotta cash out.
2: Seventeen years in the game and he just became a draw, bro. Exactly. You know. The thing that the, th- the thing that with Masvidal was he said they wanted to bump down my pay to fight Usman from what I made to fight Diaz just because it's not Usman well. is less of a draw. Yeah, and I I agree with him. They shouldn't be bumping down his pay. Uh, he probably wants it bumped up, and he probably won't even fight for the same pay. But I'm, the last one was for the B.M.F. belt, so technically it was a championship fight as well, because it was a five rounder. But the thing is, Usman really isn't a draw. hell of a fighter, but but... people don't like him. You know what I mean? Like, people don't get behind to see him fight. That Kobe and and Usman fight didn't even do crazy numbers, and everybody was wanting to see Kobe get smashed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So John Jones and and Masvidal, Triple C, all the money for sure is the the deciding factor in them saying, hey, we're walking away. We're all relinquishing our titles, whatever, whatever. But that's when you get Amanda Nunez being the main event. Not that she doesn't deserve to be a main event. She does. She does. Amanda Nunez as a co-main to a main, how they've done it of DC and Stipe or John Jones and somebody, that's the perfect co main, bro. Not main. Even though we got all twenty five minutes, regardless. But with McGregor, he wanted a he wanted to be the one calling the shots. And they didn't, you know, it didn't work out that way. He can always do that. And then he said that fight between uh, G- uh, Khabib and Gaethje got pushed back to August. I guess it was supposed to happen in July. Then it got pushed back to August. After that fight happens, he'll come out of retirement. He word said word on because- Khabib's dad? No. I haven't, haven't heard anything. followed up on that, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hopefully he's all right, man. Yeah. All right. Well, um, one of those fighters that officially has retired and relinquished belts was Triple C, and now he came out saying that he, there's one fight he'd come out and unretire for, and that's Volkanovski. What do y'all think about that? Is Triple C a little too uh, small think, for 145? No, no I, I not think really? that's... Or not really, because like, Volkanovski's also that tiny.
3: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the, the reason why it's doable, because Volkanovski's the, the perfect champ to go against in, in terms of he's not that tall... Probably he, there'd probably be a size advantage in terms of Volkanovski because I've seen some pictures of him when he used to play rugby. Yeah, and dude was a a hoss. Yeah. So
4: he's a
3: big he's a big dude uh, at a at that uh, weight class, uh, 145. But oh, I but eight. I think I think it's doable though for for Henry Cejudo. I personally wouldn't want to see it happen because I'm I'm still holding out for the the Max Holloway and uh, Volkanovski uh, rematch, but. I do think it's fe- a feasible matchup for uh, Cejudo. I don't think he's biting off too much.
2: Yeah, I agree with Roland. We had even mentioned about how he wanted that. but And he might even take that without the pay raise just so he can say he's the only guy yeah. <laughs> to ever hold three belts. So that's That'd why I crazy. Think that he might do that for the same pay. And after that, if Dana doesn't pay him, well, buddy, Fine, I'll walk away, but the UFC changed the name of this shit to, yeah, you to know, C- triple C yeah. <laughs> instead of UFC. Well, it would be
1: quadruple C because he's already yeah. triple C. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, but how quick did that happen? You know, he just retired two weeks ago. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, I'll come back. He's not jumping Holloway. The UFC loves Holloway. He was a great champion for the UFC. Yep. He Always stepped that up to get fights, him. whether it was a yeah. division up or his division. So they owe him the rematch, and they're they're gonna give him the rematch this summer.
1: Uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to that if that happens. All right, uh, one of the f- another fighter issue, man. UFC and fighter issues. Tim <laughs> Sylvia. Uh, resources. I don't know if y'all remember Tim Sylvia, the heavyweight fighter. It was like him and Arlovski <laughs> back in the day, always just changing the belts. You know, it felt like they were fighting every month. <laughs> it was crazy back in the day. Well, he got um, a surgery when he broke his arm. And now the bolts where they, where they secured his arm in place are starting to penetrate his skin. They're coming out of his skin. Oh. And he asked the UFC if they could pay for his surgery because they paid for his surgery originally when he fought. And basically the UFC said, you're no longer part of us. We're not going to pay for that. You got to pay for that on your own. Find your own way to pay for that. And he came out and said, hey, but if my name was Chuck Liddell, y'all would have paid for that. I mean, what's going on? The UFC, I mean, they can't afford to pay for one of their... I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. I want to say he's in their Hall of Fame. And he broke that arm in a
2: fight in an arm bar. In an arm bar where they broke his arm and still won. I forget who he was fighting, a BJJ guy, but I remember he was standing up in the arm bar, yeah, and it snapped. Yeah, man. So that's, that's messed up. That might be why they need a union... You know Dana will try and do anything he can to not make that happen.
3: Yeah, um, he said it only costs uh, – he was only asking for $10,000 or something. They didn't want to help him out with that. That's messed you gotta up. you got
1: to see so those pictures, man. Oh, you, you
3: got to go fund me. So it looks oh, like he's God. getting to his goal, but uh, that's oh, messed up. Ahead. But it, it's, not su- it's not surprising, though, from the UFC and Dana White. It's kind of sad, but – Man, back to the, the other topic. I think he's going to have to end up caving sooner or later and up in the pay for these guys if too many of them start going. And this is just not another negative uh, sign for them. But it's funny that he said if it was Chuck Liddell, he'd probably do it. Because uh, Chuck Liddell's one of his boys. So I mean, yeah. shoot,
1: he had Chuck Liddell on retainer for how many years? Yeah, yeah. paying them to go watch UFC fights pretty Pretty much,
3: pretty
1: much? yeah. Uh, to show face.
2: Uh, like Roland said, hey, Roland, maybe when the, the gates open back up, he won't mind yeah. picking pails. <laughs> but right, it's it's tough. Yeah, but like, yeah, that, that's what I said. back Uh back a, a couple of podcasts ago. yeah, yeah. You understand why they're asking for more money. They're the only show in town right now. Through a pandemic. If you're not into German soccer and Korean baseball, they're the only American show in town. They're gonna want to get paid a little bit more. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. the circumstances of no gate and having all deal. this extra pay for the test everybody's
3: separate it's man it's only the ufc only the ufc could pull this off though because if any other promotion tried it and the numbers weren't there that that's a lot of money lost because you just mentioned it i'm sure it costs a lot more to put these uh, events on because of all the tests that they have to get and all of the like the saunas that you were talking about last time so so yeah man it's a bad time to be asking for a contract but like ben was just saying it's, it's understandable very very understandable
2: and another thing that dana mentioned about those guys asking for contracts in masvidal was he said that Mozvedal just got a new contract
1: a seven five yeah. contract is that
2: that's,
3: right th- that's pretty wild too what? i mean he was all. Mazvada also commented on that and said that that's the way the USC does it to try and keep on locking you in. He says that they keep on renewing you before your next fight and renewing you before your next fight. I mean, it's your option to sign it or not, or wait till your are fights. by But he said the, the career, Jones,
1: he said the same thing about John Jones, though.
3: He said that John Jones is locked up for like eight more fights or something stupid like that, and that he just got a new deal and that he's already asking for a new one or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Hey. So,
2: the one thing that you do gotta give Dana credit for is that he and he says, I let my fighters say whatever they want, whenever they want. They could tell you what they get paid if they'd like to. And he said if John Jones wants to release those text messages where we're lying and he wasn't asking for their numbers, go ahead, John Jones. And the way John Jones has been going at Dana White, I think if he had that ammunition, he would have released the text, where the UFC were maybe being dicks to him or not. But maybe John Jones was asking for some crazy figures, bro, because Dana kind of said, hey, here you go, bro. Um, if you want to show everybody, go ahead. And we never did see anything.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Finally, Stipe <laughs> came out and said, hey, who's ready today?
3: Looks like it. Looks and, like uh, it.
1: Before you knew it, Daniel Cormier... Oh post up his little screen shot of his phone where he had his little fingers signed the contract already. Yeah. So it looks like we're good to go for that. When when does that fit? Where do you put that one in? That's the question.
3: Yeah, that's a really good question because you, you got to ask yourself how um, – because I guess what you guys were saying when we originally brought up the the heavyweight division being held up when we were talking about Naganu leading up to his fight uh, was that Stipe really wasn't training
0: because mm-hmm.
3: uh, he wasn't going to go into the gym or whatever. So – uh, you you just got to under, or I guess take into consideration how good of a shape or how good a shape he's technically in right now, or realistically in. So I'm thinking maybe early fall, because you can't hold it up much longer. I can understand giving him some time to get through the get in shape throughout June and July, then run something in August. I'm yeah, that, that August
1: first event with home and you.
3: Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that makes some sense. Well, they just sure. say that
1: was
2: a main event already, though. Oh, oh there yeah, you go. But that, that, the other not doesn't a main win. event, man. It's a fight what? night, though. They're going to be fighting on pay-per-view, steep in D.C. Yeah, yeah and so, I'll yeah. just say,
3: uh, I'll be a little bit more appreciative of both guys going forward, because this is probably shaping up to be Daniel uh, Cornier's last fight in the UFC, win or lose, and he, he's been a pretty, I guess, entertaining character throughout his career, and stipe's a, a a pretty good um a champion as it is and he's a very very respectable guy so uh, i'm gonna be a little bit more appreciative of both of these guys in the build-up to the fight because uh, especially dc because we only gonna we're only gonna have him for a limited amount of time as a fighter i'm sure he's gonna be around um as a um analyst and a, a play-by-play guy uh, but and on uh, yeah the definitely gonna, yeah exactly but uh, DC, definitely a commendable career, and uh, glad to see them getting this one done finally.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think that they just wanted to put, you know, everything on paper, and i say two months from now they fight, but at least it's locked in, yep. you know, now DC is certain, yes, it's going to happen, I'm not going to retire, so at least they, they have something to look forward to, right? Yeah, they'll figure sure. out the, They'll figure out the date, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get it here, if not by this weekend, uh, next week, but... It'll be sometime right after the summer, my prediction.
1: So, so I'm guessing that'd probably be the next biggest fight for us to look forward to in the c- well, coming up. International fight week. Yeah. In July. Yeah.
2: They're gonna have to put something good on there because they yeah. always do. And if we're just U- talking about what champions haven't fought, Usman against Burns since June yeah. already happened, right. that makes mm-hmm. sense there.
1: That does.
3: That's yep. Dan the
1: Burns is calling out um some people too.
3: Yeah, he called out uh, Bryce Mitchell. I yeah. saw that. Uh, that's an interesting matchup. A, a good call out uh, for him. I think that uh, draw a lot, of, a lot of attention to his name just by fighting Bryce.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also Bryce because Burns obviously has his brother's clout. His brother's he's name. On, yeah. He's on a little winning streak. So I mean, for if sure. Mitchell could get a Burns under his belt,
3: that's true. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's not bad. But yeah, that's early bad.
3: prediction though for DC versus Stipe. Uh, who wins the trilogy? DC. Yeah, I'm going DC too.
1: Yes, my guy, I can't I can't say yeah. going man. He's, he's not even my guy,
2: but just the fact that he stalled out retirement this long when he was certain he was going to retire no matter what. He wants it he back. Like, he's going to take him down and win. But be, but if he starts fucking around standing up again, bro, he's going to get dropped. He will
3: not win a stand-up fight against Kroninger. Yeah, he was winning a stand-up battle for so long in that last fight, though. That's well, what made me believe. But, yeah, A caught him there. bro, he could it to the
2: ground, bro,
1: he could get it over with quick, bro. He just has to do it.
3: Wait, who and are you saying
1: taking it to the ground and win? DC. DC. Okay, because you said he's not going to get it done against him. Yeah, on a stand- he's not
3: going to get it done standing I mean, up. He yeah. said he doesn't like him striking. Yeah, I So you like A would-
1: striking over DC striking?
2: Right. Yeah, okay. i trying to just yeah, –
1: because he mixes
2: it up, bro. And we saw the body shots. The body like, shots were dead, oh, yeah. man. Deadly, deadly. And when DC caught him, he caught him off of the clinch with that hook. And DC deadly never, we, he never knocks anybody out. Like that surprised the shit out of all of us. Not that he won the fashion
1: that he wanted.
2: Yeah,
3: when he knocked him out.
1: Yeah,
4: knocked yeah. <laughs>
3: <that's laughs> <come> there. <laughs> all
1: right. Well, uh, quick bookings like we talked about. Home Alania. That's August first. Uh, uh and rose Andraj part 2 july 11th are y'all looking forward to that one at least i, I like rose, forward
3: and to rose too yeah i hope rose gets her retribution uh, but i think Andraj is also she's going to be a raging bull trying to trying to erase that last loss that she had to uh wayley what wayley saying right i don't want to yeah. botch her name yeah. 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 Well, hopefully, there hopefully rose saying.
1: comes in without that anxiety she had last time where she yep. even yep. said after the fight Yo, know, it was tough being champion, and well, hopefully she well, hopefully, comes in
3: just. Hopefully she took the fight. That means she's in a good mental space already. Mm. So yeah, hopefully she maintains that. I Not agree. even
2: the the anxiety, just in the nightmares of being slammed by Andrade, and she's facing her again, bro. Dude, like she, she got slammed and, on her head, oh, brother. I God think this uh, makes it uh, for sure, for sure. The winner gets Zhang Weili because they were talking about either Rose against Zhang Lee or Andrade against her. I'm pretty sure this is a an eliminator, a number one contender spot. So after whoever wins this fight, July 11th, we'll find out
1: who Zhang Wei Li fights next. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Any idea where Zhang Wei Li's at right now? Did she go back to China or is she still in the States? I would imagine. That's a good question. Just curious. I would imagine. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Well, UFC fight night coming up. Fight night. It's uh, Jessica Evil Eye versus Cynthia Calvillo. Is, where's Calvio training these days? Is she still with uh, American, uh, with uh, Alpha Mel? Where's she at? She's,
2: no, she's not with Alpha Male. She had left Alpha Male, I believe, a fight ago. But I, And I'm going to look up the camp right now. Uh, I don't have it off the top. But hey, while you look up not- that
1: camp, I got a question for you. All right. Um, Guard winning this past fight with Mark Henry, do you see him leaving camp at all at Alpha Male or still just split time? Just curious.
2: Here's the thing, bro. Mark Henry recruited and sought out uh, mm-hmm. Garbrandt. He he could help wasn't, him. yeah, it wasn't Garbrandt. He's. It, uh, I saw an interview, and Mark Henry said, "Like I saw the potential. Like on paper, yeah. this dude. There's no reason why he shouldn't be the champion. It's just his IQ in fights that gets him in trouble. Because we saw what he did mm-hmm. to arguably the greatest of all time in that weight class." So Mark Henry, over the years, had been recruiting, and he finally got Cody to commit, I guess, after all those wars that he had with Alpha Male. And, I mean, it wasn't even – I'm not a big fan of Team Alpha Male, but it wasn't Team Alpha Male's fault either, bro. No no, no, were, no, no. Maybe they were pumping Cody's head a little bit too much because he did become champion, and he became like a,
1: a piece of shit. Excuse my language, but – he well, was it's just, just he finally up. beat uh the guy
2: that the could great. never
3: beat, you know. So and the guy who beat uh his mentor. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: I get I get it. But bro, I mean he went off the deep end, bro, right after winning the bill. Yeah. And that, that, that rivalry with Dillishaw, like Alpha Male just put too much damn pressure on him. The other fool is juiced to the gills, and he knocks you out twice. Like and then you go into another fight, do the same thing. The change of cap is exactly what he needed, bro. Leave the West Coast, leave L.A., go to the East mm-hmm. Coast, grind, and put in work. Because Mark Henry's arguably the best striking coach in MMA. So it's good things are ahead for Cody Garbrandt if he keeps a, the right head on him. Like we said, just be patient, bro. Just be patient. Yeah,
3: I, I like him with that camp. I like him with Mark Henry. Definitely I was just, I was just
1: curious, camp. and that wasn't even part of our – our topics, but I, I had to, I was wondering, and I have to ask you. Cynthia
2: Cavillo's with Tiger Muay Thai now, so she's no longer with uh, Team Alpha Male. I, I No other uh, big fighters train out of Tiger Muay Thai. It's a, it's a pretty well-known gym. Um, but, yeah, she's no longer with Alpha Male. Okay. But let's get into this, bro. We only got five fights this week. We're only going over the main card. It's a pretty watered-down card, as you could see, with the main event. And let's just start from the top down um give me one second here i'm gonna have to go to the internet and pull up the odds um but we're gonna start off with cynthia calvillo against jessica evil eye um calvillo nice. calvillo's coming in Um, with a eye is coming in with a 15 and 7 record cynthia calvillo's coming in at eight one and one um both girls missed weight for their last fight uh, Calvillo by four pounds. She did win Jessica. I by five pounds. And she also won Uh not a good look for either girl. Calvillo is moving up in weight now though. So she's no longer going to, uh, she's no longer fighting at 115. Uh, she's moving up. So weight shouldn't be a problem for her this time out. Jessica. I, we know that she got a title shot against Shevchenko, um, uh, two fights ago and got brutally KO'd by Shevchenko's high kick. Not um, oh, bad. It was a walk-off ko right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
2: was, it, it was really bad. Um, I, Jessica Ai is a seasoned vet, though, man. Calvillo only has 10 fights under her belt. I believe five of them are in the UFC, though. Yeah. But Jessica, Jessica has been through the ringer. She's more experienced. She has the advantage standing up, although I think Calvillo has the advantage on the ground. It's a five-round fight. Calvillo's never gone five rounds, but I hope she – I don't expect her to go five rounds this one, and I got Calvillo by rear naked choke. I'm, so I'm going to pick Calvillo. Uh, the odds are pick em on both fighters. Yeah, so pick 'em. Pick yeah, them. I and Calvillo.
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree, and I think you hit on it with the end of your point. Uh, you know, Jessica I. she's a girl who's been through the ringer, um, and she's, you know, a seasoned vet in, in the in the UFC. So uh, that that's where I'm going with this one, especially in a five-rounder. And a, and a girl who typically goes the distance. I mean, she's gone the distance in like eight of the last nine fights. So I, I like this fight to to stay on the, uh, stay standing up. I think she's gonna be able to keep it there. And uh, yeah, I think she's gonna win, but it's gonna go to decision. So who do you got? I got Calvillo. Oh my bad, my my bad. I, I got a uh, I got Jessica I. Okay, My cool. bad, my bad. Okay. I got Jessica I. We're sorry. good.
1: Go just. Oh, well, what were the odds on it? Did you get the odds pulled it's up? A
3: pick em. It's a pick'em. It's a pick'em. It's
1: a pick'em. Even. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Calvio just because her only loss is uh, uh, uh Carla is a high high level wrestler, and yep. um I think she's gonna get her on the floor, and she'll win it. All right, cool. Uh Next up in the middleweight
2: division, finally a fight that's supposed to have happened already twice. And I know we all saw Marvin Vittori blow up in the hotel after it didn't happen last time, but we got in the middleweight division Carl Baby K. Roberson with a 9-2 and two record against Marvin the Italian Dream Vittori, 14-4 record. Uh, Vittori is minus 220. The comeback on Roberson is plus 170. Uh, Vittori, man, like I said, uh, we saw him blow up in the hotel on Carl Roberson when Roberson missed weight and pulled out the day after weigh-ins, even though the fight was... Still supposed to go forward. So Vittori was supposed to fight Darren Stewart in London on that Leon Edwards and Tyron Woodley card. That didn't end up happening. Darren Stewart ended up fighting for Cage Warriors in London and Vittori's fight got canceled. Then he got booked against uh, Carl Roberson in Nebraska. That got canceled and it got pushed to that Jacksonville card. Roberson pulled out. So now let's see if the fourth time for Vittori is a charm. But that's why he was so heated in that in that hotel rant where we saw him going off on Roberson. Um, pretty plain and simple man. We already broke down this card. I believe it was episode three. I'm yeah. gonna go with Marvin Vittori, the bigger guy. I think he's pissed off. I think he might have intimidated Carl Roberson a little bit in that with that hotel incident. Uh, so yeah, give me the the two to one favorite in Vittoria.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna take Marvin Vittori a uh, bigger fighter. I think he's a younger fighter also, so, Uh, He's definitely hungry to get a victory, especially after the unfortunate circumstances that he's had to deal with in terms of all the fights being canceled and whatnot. So uh, as long as he's able to keep everything in check and he doesn't go in there and and just start throwing haymakers and gets caught or something like that, um, I think he's going to be able to win this one pretty convincingly. So I'm going to go Vittori here.
1: Yeah, same talent dream for me.
2: Yeah, and good point, Roland. He does have to keep his emotions out of this fight, though.
3: Yeah, because he got yeah. crazy mad in the in the hotel. That yeah. that video. I mean, and rightfully so. I get it because of the whole. Um, I guess Roberson was going to fight, even though he missed weight, and then yeah. he decided to back out. So, and he had already had a couple canceled on him or moved. So, yeah. um, I get it. But, man, just it's like we were talking about with Cody. You just got to keep your head on your shoulders uh, when you go in there. So, as long as he's able to do that. I think he's got the victory.
2: Especially at 205. These are heavy
3: yeah, regards, so Dangerous. One dangerous.
2: shot, one shot could change the whole fight. Um, up next, we got in the bantamweight division, Marab the Machine, Dewalish Wheelie, with a ten and four record. And he's actually coming in as a heavy favorite, minus three eighty against Ray, the Taz Mexican Devil Board. Uh, 13 and five record and the comeback for Borg is plus 280 um I'm gonna ride the good vibes of that Aljo win and for Weidman Longo uh, Marab is Aljo's main training partner he was one of his main training partners for this camp as he was actually going through his camp as well for this fight I know the team stayed in Vegas so he's been in Vegas already for three weeks now nice relentless they call him the machine because he's got cardio for days this dude's a native of georgia arguably he could be undefeated in the ufc but he did have two decisions not go his way early in his career so he's three and two but i i see relentless takedowns at 10 plus takedowns if he doesn't keep ray borg down uh but i got the machine in this one hey when you say
1: native of georgia do you mean the country or the state yeah the country that's why
4: yeah
3: Nice. Yeah. I, you know, I really wanted to pick Ray Borg cause I, I like him, but I, I picked him against Ricky Simone and he burned me a little bit. So uh, okay. I'm going to go with Marab here. Um, I, I think he's going to control the pace in this one. I think he's going to be the, the more aggressive, I guess, grappler. Cause that's what both of these guys yep. uh, kind of pride themselves in. And, you know, just from what I saw from Ray Borg uh, last week, I think uh, Marab's going to be, or not last week, uh, but a couple of weeks ago, it's only been 26 days, but um, yeah. I, I think he, uh, he's going to get outclassed again, unfortunately, because I do like Ray Borg, but I'm going Murab here.
1: Yeah, I, I like Ray Borg, you know, sentiments as far as the hearts go with his son. But he really has not been the same since that DJ fight um, where he was on a, a streak getting up into that fight. So I'm going to go with uh, Murab this time, and they're going to get it done.
2: Yeah, there should be some good scrambles in this fight, uh, lower weight class, so... Um, but up next in the featherweight division, Andre Touchy Feely with a 20 and 7 record up against Charles Air Jourdain. Uh, the line on this one, Feely is actually minus 225, Charles Jourdain is plus 175. Feely, uh, he's coming in off a unanimous decision loss to Sadiq Youssef. Uh, Sadiq Youssef is a young, up and coming prospect. The dude's going to be fighting for a title. Uh, in a couple of years. So that's not a bad loss. Prior to that, Philly had one, he was on a little two fight win streak. Uh, we know he's been a team alpha mile fighter his whole career in the UFC. Um, his whole, a lot of his career has been in the UFC out of those 27 fights. Um, so he's a seasoned guy. He's been in there for seven years. Uh, Jordan, he's coming in off a TKO win against Duho Choi, the Korean wonder boy or Korean super boy. um, <laughs> Prior to that, he had lost his debut to Desmond Green. So, I mean, this is only his second UFC fight. Yeah. Uh, this dude's a Canadian. He's exciting. He likes to stand up. Feely likes to stand up. I expect it to take place standing up. And I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to take Air Jordan.
3: Nice. Nice. Uh, uh, I'm going to disagree, though. I'm going Feely here. I, I think the the experience is probably going to prevail for me. So okay. uh, that's where I'm going with it. <laughs> I got
1: a uh, touchy-feely here just because he's one of my fighters, the ones I like to look, uh, watch and fight. So. All right.
2: Then the last fight of the main card in the bantamweight division, Jordan Espinosa, 14-7 and 7 record uh, versus Mark Bumblebee, De La Rosa. De La Rosa. Yeah, um, both of these guys, man, not on the best of streaks at all. Espinoza's on a two-fight losing streak, although he did lose to Alexander Perez, or Alex Perez, the guy who we just saw uh, beat Formiga this week. That was one of them. Uh, He's a Dana White Contender Series alum, one and two record in the UFC. For the most part, he likes being on the ground. De La Rosa uh, trains at Factory X, a pretty pronounced gym. He's on a three-fight losing streak himself, and he also has a loss to Alex Perez. Um, two and four record in the UFC. So De La Rosa does have a couple more fights in the UFC than Espinoza. I'm I'm just gonna take the underdog, bro. This fight, I'm gonna give me De La Rosa. I'm I'm just gonna go with the dog.
3: What What's the the odds on that, Ben?
2: Uh, minus one seventy on Espinoza and De La Rosa's plus one thirty-five.
3: Mm. You know what, just for sake of uh, keeping it different, I'm going to go Jordan Espinosa here. And, uh, and hopefully he keeps keeps us on the ground. All uh, right.
1: Yeah, uh, this is a fight that I'm not even, I would never bet on. Just because. Yeah, I'm I wouldn't bet on it, at oh, that this line.
0: It's
3: horrible.
1: Yeah, and um, last week I, I made the silly decision to bet on Spencer just because of the amount of points that were available. And it didn't cash, so I'm gonna do the same, and hopefully this time it cashes. Give me the underdog.
2: There you go. Here you go, John. Nice. All right. And we don't we
1: don't have a consensus
2: based off the main card. Uh, we are gonna review the whole card amongst ourselves, us three. And if we do have a consensus pick, we'll put it on our Twitter page. We'll yeah. pin it up there so everybody sees it. More than likely, we will have one. We just got to sort out the the preliminary cards and and find something there because. The lines on the on the main card are, are pretty steep, and we don't agree on a lot of them.
1: The only one I can think of is the Mirab fight, maybe.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, he's, he's a heavy favorite, so it would have to be a parlay. Yeah, with some, you know, a par I don't I don't think him and Vittori even gets you to even money or even minus 150. So, we'll figure it out, and we'll put it up on Twitter.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, you guys got anything else for UFC or anything, comments that you – heard no, all just, the week. Uh,
3: and... Exciting times, and it, I'm interested uh, to see where all of this pay stuff goes, and I want to see if uh, somebody budges or who blinks first. I think I have an idea who it's going to be. It's probably going to be the fighters, but uh, hopefully okay. they're able to to get themselves some more money, deservingly so. Especially Mas- just, all.
2: One One quick thing that I wanted to point out, and we brought it up briefly, but uh, the shortened Octagon did a little bit oh, of yeah. research on it. It's 30... 30- 0.5% smaller than the big octagon, so the big octagon is 700 plus square feet, and the smaller octagon is 500 square feet. The smaller octagon, in my in my opinion, it was everything in that Aljo fight. I think Aljo put Sanhagen on his back foot real quick, and that big 511 frame was at the cage. Yeah, there's nowhere for him to go. Back. Yeah, two steps back. Right after that, he got his back into the ground, and it was over. So that small octagon. I, we should keep it in mind when we when we make our picks I think um, helps the think wrestlers a lot a lot
1: during the embedded this week uh, they were going over the the octagon size and they got in the ring in, in the octagon and they had their fighters you know getting pushed back to see how far they can push back before they can move out and right. he was like man I, I don't have space and and I'm, I'm about space here it's so yeah we'll 30 30
2: percent is a lot man it's yeah.
3: a lot. Um, is that something? Is that something that they can adjust, or they're just gonna keep it while it's there because that's all that fits? Or yeah, something the like that.
2: just isn't big enough. Mm. Yeah.
1: So for me, uh, what what I want to know is, Dana said that he put out like, like a document for other organizations if they wanted to start their fights. I wonder if any other of the organizations have looked into that at all, to see what they can do to, to come out and, and get their fights going. I know Bellator, they got a few names locked up. So, I mean, I, I that's kind of more what I'm looking at. this Bellator, are they going to do anything soon? Or maybe bro, throw an international fight week fight and, and then chill for a while? Uh, here's the thing, just.
2: These other promotions aren't even having their main fighters fight. Dana White's going to have Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, bro. You know what I mean? He's still going to be picking up regional talent. Yeah. Well, all the other promotions are out of business. Yeah. Like, it's there's levels, bro. It doesn't even compare. Nope, and that's yeah. what sucks.
3: There's that, a reason why they're the only the ones fighters. going on right now.
2: That's what sucks for the fighters. And that's why you can be so stiff about that
1: pay. Well, where are you going to go? Where else are you going to go and get paid, bro? Yeah.
3: Like, Maybe a one time. And he
1: remind everybody because he says it over it. and over yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. only one putting on fights. I'm the only one putting on fights.
3: And, but and they're it, the only it, ones who it, can, they're the only ones is, who have the money to do it ridiculous
2: uh, i don't see anywhere else for the fighters to go i think it's just a matter of time before they budge obviously like we had said with john jones you get him paid five mil bump him up to seven mil but i mean if he's really asking for 15 and 30 bro like connor's barely making that man and jones pay-per-views don't sell a million
1: yeah all right well that's it for mma news this week all right not a lot of nba news going on this week but uh we do have some quick hitters for you anyways Matt Barnes says players are not comfortable playing um they're not comfortable playing because of all the racial injustice going on um what do y'all think about that uh should players hold out because of this I mean mm, I Sports, think they they got a big pedestal they got a a big platform to, to use I mean
3: yeah yeah and I, I think hey why why not why not now right but um, I think they're entitled to do what they want to do. If they want to, sure, go, go ahead and, and, and sit out. But if you're asking me if I think they're going to, I don't think LeBron James is going to gonna sit out. That's just my guess. But like you said, they have a platform, and they really wanted to make a change or draw some kind of attention, uh, this would kind of be the way to do it. But uh, I don't know how much weight I'm putting in what Matt Barnes said, because he even said in his, his quote that he's getting this information from Snoop Dogg who said that a couple of players from the Lakers and Clippers told him that they don't feel comfortable playing and that some feel comfortable and some don't because of the racial injustice. And again, rightfully so, you should feel strongly about what's going on. It's uh, As we talked about last week, it's, it's uh, despicable what's, what's going on uh, to the black community. So uh, if they want to feel that way, go ahead. But I don't think they're going to end up sitting out. It's just interesting that it's making its way to the news rounds. But as you said when you introduced the topic, not much going on this week.
2: Yeah, there's no chance of this. Like, they would just be giving the commissioner a headache, bro. After all of them were no LeBron, the season has to return. Everybody was lobbying for the season to return. They go through every loophole to rent Disney out and change the format and add more teams so Roland Spurs can find can get in and you they know keep
1: the streak rules. alive, baby. No, no, there's, LaMarcus, though. no. Yeah, LaMarcus. I saw
3: that. That's a big blow. Big blow. Uh, might be, might be the last time we see him this first person. Maybe, I don't know. Hey,
2: Joby's pumped for Pirtle. He's been pushing Pirtle all
3: year, so he's uh, a good defensive center.
2: Yeah, but like I was saying, bro, there's no way that the NBA season doesn't happen. They can, they can do their own tribute. You know, prior to the game, you know, the the NBA commissioner has always been very open, even to when the the was it Donald Sterling days with the Clippers. Mm -hmm. You know, they were wearing, they came out with just plain shirts and through their Clippers uh, uniforms at center court. I mean, they made the dude sell the team. Um, The NBA really backs their players. They give them a lot of freedom of speech. I believe that they'll be able to do something to honor him prior to the game. There's still a lot of time. Yeah, but I don't see it throwing in a wrench on uh, when it starts. A lot was put into that, and
1: I don't see them messing that
3: up. Yeah, July 31st is a ways off. So, yeah, I think uh, something will happen before then.
1: So you think the NBA does give them a lot of freedom of speech and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, yeah. They, let all, they let all the teams wear the, the I Can't Breathe shirts uh, when Eric Gardner, unfortunately, passed away. Um, and they let them, I guess, silently protest. They were wearing them before the games. I think that was their shooting shirts for a few games. Yeah, And what's yeah. the
1: NBA's uh, rule on kneeling?
3: Um, I don't think they have an official well, rule. Well, nobody's kneeled during no, that. They, no, they, they, no have, they
1: have a rule. They can't kneel.
4: Really? I don't know. I'm, I'm not that. that sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think I read that this week. So that's why I was like, man, do they really have all that? I mean, the shirts, yeah, yeah they mean, allow them. And...
2: I mean, bro, they let LeBron, you know, call the president a bum, you know, a couple years yeah. ago without any ramifications. So it's – the NBA has been really good about letting their players speak out and – and then they okay. and the LeBron, lebron also called
1: out the rockets up. gm remember
2: yeah but yeah, i mean the, a lot of the,
1: commissioner, the
2: commissioner stood with the rockets gm even though china won't be televising nba games this come you know when it returns they still won't be televising games over there but yeah lebron did uh lebron lost a lot of money there uh, with all that china money mm-hmm. but uh yeah The NBA is pretty good about that, being outspoken.
1: Uh, Here's the other thing. I think that some of these players are going to be standing for these uh, racial injustices. I know uh, college football level, Brennan Eagles, wide receiver of the Texas Longhorns, said that he's willing to sit out this whole season if they don't see significant change. I don't know if you all saw that this week.
3: Say that again, Justin?
1: Brennan Eagles, wide receiver for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, he posted something on his Instagram saying that he would cool. sit out the year until some of these things get changed.
3: Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, if you feel that strongly about it, you know, go ahead and do that. That's your own prerogative. But, yeah. uh, again, I just I don't think there's going to be a bunch of NBA players doing that, especially from the Lakers and Clippers, two teams. Although if those guys did decide to do that, as Ben said, it would throw a wrench, but I yeah. don't think they will. There's too much at stake.
2: All right. And I don't want to say that it would make the relationship between them and the commissioner rocky because everything that the commissioner had to do to get the season back up and going. And yeah. it's going to affect next season as well instead of just like doing the easy thing, calling this year and starting on time next year. Uh, he stuck his head out for all the players wanting to True. return, still made it happen. I don't see it happening. And that guy plays for the Longhorns. I mean, he's not getting paid. He's not on a contract. So yeah. you know he can do whatever whatever he pleases, but for these guys who are need to live up to their contract, it might be a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Um. This week there was a video of Mike Miller and a college player playing one on one. Did everybody see that here?
3: Let it yeah, fly. Yeah. There's a, a there's a thread of videos. Uh, I I went ahead and after I saw that first one, I went ahead and just kept on looking for for some more. And there's actually a lot of there's a thing going on at Memphis, or there was a thing going on at Memphis of uh, different players taking shots at him after practice and then playing one on one, and I don't think anybody beat him from from what I've been able to to tell. So yeah, it just shows you the the difference between some of these NBA athletes. Even though it's kind of fun to make fun of Mike Miller because of the last you know lasting impressions we have of him, barely being able to walk up and down the court with his back in such bad shape, which eventually caused him to retire. Uh, but hey, Mike Miller, man. When I uh, don't forget, he was a baller when he was healthy in the league, and even towards the end of the career, his career, he helped uh, the Heat beat my Spurs. I mean, he had that uh, no shoe, no uh, no problem uh, shot against us. I think that was against the Spurs, m- and yeah, might have been against the. Yeah. So I mean, he he came up big for the city of Miami, and this video though kind of just reminds you that hey, Mike Miller was a walking bucket for a little while. So uh, nice to see that. But it just reminds you, NBA players are a different breed. And it's all and it was all, like, fundamental
2: stuff, you know what I yeah. mean? Like he was taking his time, hitting him with a little jab, and it wasn't, like, really I'll laid up. He pull, Yeah, he would put old, old school games. You know? <laughs> but, hey, who who's going to beat the Memphis coaching staff in a two-on-two tournament? Penny
3: Hardaway and, and uh, Mike Miller. Well, maybe Penny's knees might not be there because of his injuries, but... Uh, yeah, that's a pretty like hard duo to beat. Coaches yeah, yeah, other good, other coaches. Yes, are
2: arguably the best coaches. Other coaches. That's, yeah. yeah. other coaches, that's a, a good backcourt. Yeah.
3: For hey, sure. Roland, if you
1: can post those uh, Twitter retweet them on our on our page if you can.
3: Yeah, yeah. For just, sure. I haven't I
1: seen the whole thread through.
3: Yeah, there's at least like four or five that I found of him just yeah, putting a buckets on players trying. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. We got we got the Dr. Saucy moment coming up. Patrick yeah, Patterson yeah. describes the new normal at NBA workouts. What what have you seen, uh, Roland, about that?
3: Yeah, Patrick Patterson, uh, who's he with right now? Is he still with the, the Clippers? Yeah. Uh, am I, yeah, I think he's, he's I with he the Clippers. He's been uh, going to their voluntary workouts, and he's just talking about all the different measures that they're going to keep the players safe and all the staff members safe. Uh, that have to go into the, the facilities um, every day and, and get their practices as they're getting ready for the July 31st reboot. Uh, among some of the things he was talking about, which I found to be pretty thorough and interesting, just seeing as I'm somebody who's going into to work uh, during these times, and these aren't necessarily measures that my workplace is taking, but the NBA is uh, cleaning their cell phones, keys, wallets, any like additional item that they're like bringing with them into the... The facility is getting wiped down, it's getting cleaned. Uh, there's only limited amount of parking spaces because they want to have enough space for everybody I guess to have enough airspace when they're parking their car and getting out and they also they have to limit the amount of people that are in the facility. Um, each week it, it's not even close to full capacity. Another thing that they they have to do and we'll kind of talk about a little bit with the the NFL is uh, they're reconfiguring their, their locker rooms. Uh, there's not very many chairs in the locker rooms right now, according to, to Patrick Patterson. He said with the Clippers uh, that everyone's pretty spaced out, that I'm reading his quote here, that there's only about uh, four chairs in the locker room right now, and that each guy um, is there in, in their own corner. Uh, showers are very limited. And as I said, uh, they wipe down everything as soon as you touch it, from the basketball to the court to the weights. So again, uh, they're taking the utmost um, precautions here and, and trying to keep everybody safe as they come back. Uh, but again, it just I, as I keep on saying when we bring up this coronavirus stuff, if they're going through all these measures. Like It just makes me ask if it's really safe or if they're just taking that extra precaution and it is safe. But um, well, I guess we'll find out if any of these guys start testing positive uh, here soon. Hopefully not because I do want to see some NBA basketball. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think with other sports going on like Bundesliga and MMA, and it's kind of set the precedent and made it safe. It's not like you're the guinea pigs. they're the NBA is yeah, jumping out there. You know what I mean? Um, and if you see the measures that the UFC is taking, imagine the measures the NBA is taking, because they're worth, you know, several times more than what the UFC is worth. So I, I, those, that makes sense that they're wiping everything down and. I'm sure they're taking extreme measures. I think we're going to – I think the true test will be when everybody reports to Orlando. I know we're going to get to that. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that right now next. But I think that's when, if anything's in jeopardy, I think it's going to be then because all the teams will be on the
3: same campus. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, This I'm taking this from the the Joe Budden podcast I was listening, but – uh, how, how many of these uh, girls are going to start ending up, ending up in Disney World? I, I guess uh, the people that uh, travel with the NBA players, if you start seeing all of these women uh, end up in Disney World, uh, it's because all of those NBA <laughs> players are down there. So it's just something funny that I was listening to. I was thinking about also that Jalen Rose comment, that how, what's the, the imports looking like? He said that on national television. It's uh, <laughs> uh, just going to be funny, thinking, funny to monitor on Instagram. Yeah.
1: I want to speak on this NBA return. How do y'all think the season's going to play out?
2: Now that we got hard dates, I don't
1: think we've talked about it,
2: right? Yeah, this I know. July 31st. Recorded.
3: Coming yeah. back. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think we all said that uh, we pretty much had the Bucks coming out of the East the last time that we talked about it in terms of who our favorites were. But, you know, I was thinking about it, and maybe it's just because I've had too much time at home, and I look at all of this stuff, and I've been watching a lot of highlights. Man. In the East, I like the Celtics. I like the Celtics in the East. It's, it's tough, but in, in this scenario, it, it, I think it, it, it rem- it's giving me flashbacks of Kemba Walker in his Connecticut days. You know He, he's, he likes these, these quick turnarounds, that big East run that he went on back in college. Then you have Jason Tatum, who before the NBA took off, he was looking like he had next in terms of being that next guy that, that takes a step to become one of those top 10 players perennially in the league on a year-after-year basis, in my opinion. Then you have Jalen Brown, who's also there. My point being is the Celtics are a pretty deep team. I think this kind of benefits them, this whole reset. Um, and I think Brad Stevens is going to have something for them. And Plus, we have not seen the Bucks actually do it, and we have not actually seen... Uh, Giannis do it. So in the east I'm going to kind of flip a little bit from where I was um, in terms of who I had favored at the end of the season and with this restart after thinking about it a little bit more I'm going to go with the Celtics coming out of the east.
2: That's bold Roland. That's bold. The re- the only yeah. thing that makes me not like the Celtics in the way that eastern teams are built is that I believe Daniel Theis is their center and coming in after him is Enos Kanter. Yeah, they don't have any rebounding. It's just the layup line, man. If you're going to have to be bottling up Giannis, last year they did it because they had – I don't know if – They have Al
3: Horford. Al Horford's with the the Sixers Sixers now.
2: And and, and Embiid.
3: You're going to have to deal with Embiid and Simmons in the paint as well. Yeah, but they also have no three-point shooting. So that's going to be – I mean, the Sixers, we'll find out. Very, not, very quickly I, with them. I don't even up. expect
2: the Sixers to yeah. be up there. The The Eastern Conference Finals for me, I'm not sure what I was on record saying before, but the team that I think could challenge them the most is the Miami Heat. Um, that's like that. who I would see them challenge. That's who I would see just because the dog and Jimmy Butler, I'm a big Bam out of Bio fan. Um, I think the Heat are pretty deep. I like Tyler Hero a lot. Heat are deep. It's, it's a lot of role players, though, and with Jimmy Butler being the star – and I don't even think that any of us have Jimmy Butler as a top ten player in the NBA. So, you know, he's up there top fifteen, for sure. Yeah, that's fine, top fifteen. But you, you know, like they're they're really well built, and it makes sense because Pat Riley is the one that built them. Yeah, and he's known for building really good teams. But if I had to go back, I would say that the the Heat are the biggest
3: threat for the Bucs in the East. The Heat and the team that we haven't mentioned yet, it's the defending champs, uh, the Raptors. Yeah. Are uh, still out there. But hey, I I like the Celtics, so we'll see what 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 they do and then out of the West, well actually just Justin, who do you like out of the East? Do you still like the Bucks?
1: I still like the Bucks and the Lakers in the final.
3: Okay. Okay. So that's your the West, you still like the Lakers. And you know, actually I'm gonna agree with you. I, I think no, you know what? I take it back. I take it no, back. I, no, mean. nah, 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 I take it back. I take it back. I just thought about something. Um, Kawhi Leonard, man. I'm, I'm sure this has benefited him more now than anybody thinking. else. Now Kawhi Leonard thinking. and Paul George, I think they offer LeBron James a problem that he's not going to be able to answer in terms of their perimeter defense and just guys that they're going to be able to throw at him. Obviously, as I think I mentioned it the last time we touched on the Clippers, uh, they, they, they're starting five probably played less than 20 games together this year so this time off is probably going to benefit them the most in the west and paul george arguably was having a a pretty good season so uh, i'm gonna go with them out of the west it's gonna be clippers and the celtics i'm not so sure about the celtics that's my little hot take there but uh that's what i would like to see
2: i had i had the clippers coming out before nothing's changed um with it benefiting i don't mean you had talked a little bit about it rolling but i think it benefits my beloved Rockets a bit. Uh, just yeah. due to their small ball, P.J. Tucker not having to take that beating of playing a full 81 games going up against centers, um, the small lineup not getting beat up all season. If it's going to be a shortened season and they got to rest for two and a half months, hey, the small ball might be rejuvenated if the first couple of rounds are five games. I like our yeah. odds against... against uh, And the Western Conference with those eight games... I know we haven't talked too much specifics about when it comes back, but it's supposed to be eight regular season games between the teams that were invited, and then they're going to get into the playoffs just to fix the seeding. Because, like I said, the seeding from six to three in the West is separated by, I believe, a game and a half. So we could have a lot of, of uh, change in that, a lot of volatility in that. Um, but I'm I'm looking for that Rockets and Lakers second-round matchup. That's what I'm hoping for. And I'm hoping that it's a nice. best of five. That way, we only need to win three and not four. I still got the Clippers coming out of the West, though. I'm not. I'm not going to be a complete homer and say the yeah, Rockets.
3: Are I, I think it benefits James Harden too. I mean, he's usually shouldering the load for them on a nightly basis, and you know he gets a couple nights off. the The strip clubs only opened up a few days ago, so he c- couldn't have been spending all of his time there. So he's. Obviously been resting this whole time. So there's been pictures of him out in Runyon Canyon in L.A. So i uh, looking pretty thin at that. So I, I, he's in good shape. Looks like it. So, yeah, I think the Rockets, and I think James Harden's going to have himself a good little playoff. So I think this does benefit him. He's going to come back rested. Uh, I don't know how far they're going to go, uh, but I do think they'd give the Lakers some trouble on a second round matchup. I like that call out.
1: All right. Uh, last thing I just got to ask y'all, this July 31st date. Do you think that's the appropriate date to start? You don't think they could have started any uh, earlier?
2: Yeah, July 28th, my birthday. That's when they should have started. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I think they're just concerned about making sure all these players come back healthy and they don't want to get them injured, man. Because that's the other thing that I, I would be worried about personally as a player is taking all of this time off and then asking your body to go again. But, hey, you're a professional If you're like LeBron James, you've probably been keeping yourself in shape um, every day throughout. So uh, hopefully that's the case for most of these guys uh, coming back. It wasn't too much, but they just want to be sure they're not taking any chances and and leaving any guy that has a $200 million contract open to pull a hammy or or tear an ACL or something because they didn't um, give them enough time to get back in shape.
2: Yeah, and with them reporting the first week of July, it kind of makes sense. Give them like two, three weeks to... You know, get everything rolling, see how it's going to work with all the teams that are going to be there. As far as, you know, teams are going to have to practice at different times, eat at different times. They're going to be isolating everybody. We'll see if anybody pops since it does take two weeks for people to show symptoms. We'll see if anybody pops for Corona. So with them reporting the first week of July and the league starting back up literally the last day of July, I think it makes sense. A little good timetable. Yeah.
1: All right. And I got one last question for you guys. And it's not exactly about the NBA, but it's because the NBA is coming back, I have to ask this. Are we going to see the MLB come back? I mean, it just seems like they can't get it done. Mm -hmm. We said they're behind.
2: They've had had
3: maybe, that I can think of off the top of my head, maybe four or five proposals already that have gone back and forth that keep on getting axed. And they just can't seem to come to an agreement. But you know, the, also the thing that I keep on hearing is that uh, if there is no season, that it's going to be catastrophic to some teams, yeah. or catastrophic to the point to where they, they some owners are not going to be able to own their team going forward. So um, I don't know if the MLB is going to get let it get to that point. I think they're going to end up somehow, some way, coming to a decision. But um, if I have already I. Can't, I wouldn't put money on it right now, but just something inside me tells me that they're gonna get it done.
2: Little ten game season?
3: <laughs> Shit, yeah, best of ten. <laughs> it just,
2: just, it's made, not they, a good look the teams, these other teams, and the teams get the it done. last year. It's so many more players though, bro. Yeah.
3: yeah, and and then you already hear about the the minor league is already canceled for the season, so. Yeah. Uh, The MLB, yeah, it's not looking good for them, man. And then
2: MLB money is stupid. That's why. Like, you see guys signing 10-year deals for $375 million. No, they're not going to want to get one of those years prorated. That's the owner's
3: problem, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, guys. I was wondering on that last little bit.
3: Oh, one last thing, though, before we move on to the NBA. One last thing. Uh, Wearing my shirt today for the YouTube viewers. uh, It's Allen Iverson shirt. Uh, happy birthday, Alan Iverson, uh, 45 belated. years old. Today. Belated. Uh, well, our belated birthday it was uh, this week for sure. I saw it, but it was. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Alan Iverson, 45 years old. One of my favorite players growing up. So, had to shout him out. Hey, and that's a
1: out. big inspiration for the podcast. I mean, our podcast name. Yeah, we talk about, you know, so. about
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, shout out, Alan Iverson, 45th birthday.
1: All right. Getting to the NFL. Uh, we got some news and some quick hitters. Uh, first off, we want to say rest in peace to uh, Rich Codwell, former New England Patriot wide receiver. Uh, anything yeah. that stands out with him that y'all remember in his playing days?
3: Uh, yeah, I just remember him being a, a pretty talented uh, receiver at Florida. I, I know he, I think he might have played maybe a little bit before Tim Tebow got there, maybe like the Chris Leak era, like in 05 around that time. And then I remember him briefly with uh, the Patriots, he uh, wasn't, like, too stellar of a player, but still sad to see uh, somebody pass away at such a young age at, at 41. So, yeah, 41 definitely rest years in peace. young,
2: man. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. RIP to him. I don't know much about him. I wasn't too familiar with him. But, I mean, it's always sad to see somebody get gunned down because that's how that's how he passed away. So, RIP.
1: Oh, and you know what? Uh oh, man. This is my bad. I forgot <laughs> to mention. Yeah, we got, you're gonna do the we whole got thing. a new whole face whole on the with. podcast. Uh, we got Diego coming loyal in, listener. loyal listener, a loyal yeah. podcast listener, man. He's always on the YouTube comments too, uh, man. Diego, we appreciate you coming in, man. I'm, I'll, you know what, I'm embarrassed that I didn't uh, introduce you first.
0: You're yeah. good, man. Paying your respects. I, uh, I didn't know the guy either. Like Ben said, I, I, but I, I mean, crazy to hear a guy get gunned down at 41. I don't know the circumstances, but just sad to hear.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. Hey, well, this week, Drew Brees, you know. He came out and uh, saying, oh, you know, my grandparents, my, my gr- both grandfathers served in the military, and I can't really, you know, justify the whole kneeling with the National Anthem. And then the next day he comes out, I guess, after having some, you know, good opening discussions with some of the players around the league. And you could see the hurt, like with former players, Malcolm Jenkins being one. Yeah. Um, and, and then he even came out and... And told like Trump something to. about it, you know. Well, what's his opinion on Drew Brees? Did he do the right thing in recognizing?
3: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad that he came back and, and uh, you know, recanted his statements and, and everything. But it's sad that he, he kind of made the, the statement in the first place um, about it being about the flag. But, you know, uh, of course he was going to come out and apologize because of all the backlash that he was getting. Uh, from the NFL and, you know, from Michael Thomas, his number one target, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, another guy who's on his team, as you mentioned, Justin. So I'm, I'm glad that he came out apologized. Uh, the apologize, uh, the apology, excuse me, that he made uh, was was good. I thought it was spot on. And then also, I mean, he drew the attention of Donald Trump and, and he didn't ba- back down. So he once again, reiterated his point um, in terms of, you know, kind of what Colin Kaepernick's uh, protest was about in the first place in, in terms of just trying to shine a light on you know, the pr- police brutality on the black community and all the things that Colin Kaepernick was trying to get people to look at before it got twisted and made about the flag again like Donald Trump was trying to do. So I'm glad that Drew Brees uh, once again stood up and, and, and said something about that.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate Drew Brees was kind of put on the spot, I guess, with that question. It's unfortunate that he really didn't have time to think and process out his answer because um, he quickly went, you know, for the the flag defense. Even though, if you remember last year, um, or maybe it was a couple years ago when all the teams actually went out and knelt before the game, I mean, even Jerry yeah. Jones went in and, and got on a knee. Drew Brees was on a knee then, and those pictures yeah. resurfaced, of course, like they would because the internet's undefeated. And, man, he felt... He felt the attacking that I guess, you know, uh, the black community felt is feeling at this time. And Drew Brees just had never been prone to that, you know, growing up, uh, the way that he grew up, coming up in a wealthy family and all that. Uh, The the part for me was that the first apology, I just don't think that you figure something out overnight. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not going to give Drew Brees all the credit, you know. I like that he doubled and even tripled down and even went at the president. At this point, honestly, the only thing left is for him to be at a march somewhere in New Orleans. Um, that would be it. You know what I mean? But he he seems regretful for his comments. I don't know like I don't like I said, I don't want to know how sorry I don't know how sorry he is just because he went for that right away. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't sure. even like uh 50-50. It was just no, my grandfather's fought, even though they fought with African Americans, you know what I mean? It wasn't just your grandfathers there fighting there. So it's unfortunate that he had to say that. He got a lot of backlash, like Roland said, from Mike Thomas, his star wide receiver, Alvin Kamara, unfollowed him on Twitter. You know, <laughs> I didn't even uh, know that. Jenkins, wow. Jenkins went off on him. Ed Reed cursed him out. Like yeah. He was really feeling it, man. And that first apology was just like the white hand and the black hand. Like Roland said, we listened to the Joe Budden podcast, and they said, Like, under the blue sky, like, it was just so media-like, you know, it didn't didn't seem sincere. You know what I mean? Like, he could have posted a picture, of because I don't think that Drew Brees is racist one bit. Um, He was was loved in New Orleans prior to this. You know, he's helped out a lot there. He's involved in the community. Through Katrina and through all of that. He's played in the NFL for so many years with players of color, never had a problem his O-line majority black. Like, I'm not saying that he's racist, but he he just should have thought before he spoke on this subject is my For point. Sure.
1: What about you, Diego? You got any opinions on that?
0: Uh, I just think he shouldn't have spoken because he obviously has those thoughts or had them. Uh, good PR guy and good PR move to go at the president. I actually didn't know he did that. Yeah. Um, I mean sounds like he's going to go down as like the poster boy that got educated by social media and his peers on, on this, uh, yeah. Som- yes, exactly. And this, well, this whole movement, you know, yeah. and, um, For sure. it, do you,
2: do you all think that it will affect his, pl- do you, like, do you think it will affect him as like a starter? Like, you know how, no. you know, like that, what cancel culture is, you know what I mean? And
3: yeah, people get canceled
2: but- pretty quick.
3: I, I think he already came back and 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 did what he needed to do in terms of an apology and owning kind of what he said and acknowledging that he he said the wrong things in terms of that. And then also, I mean, in terms of it uh, truly affecting him, I don't think it would benefit his teammates or or something to not go all out or something in terms of canceling Drew Brees. So I, I think he's going to be fine on the field.
2: Because yeah. the day the day
3: after that, Jameis Winston was the top trending thing on Twitter, bro. <laughs> Hey, he might be the starting quarterback. Yeah, but you know, no, I think as far as finish. that
1: goes, this is a win for the people. I think, you know, having somebody that's a prolific like Drew Brees learning and having some growth, yeah. I think that's a good perspective I, I just, for the team as well. It'll start a lot of conversations where people will say, hey, if Drew Brees saw that he was wrong coming from where he was coming from, maybe I can also see things differently. So I, I don't see a, a Jameis creeping up situation as far as that goes. It's going to be about play if Jameis creeps up. You better hope he
3: creeps up. That's your top 10 quarterback right there. No, but that's
1: what I said. If it's going to be about play, Jameis is going to earn on the field, not because Drew Brees (laughs) made the mistake. (laughs) Yeah, uh, and going along, Patrick Mahomes came out with that uh, Black Lives Matter video, and I know uh, Goodell was behind that, uh, uh, supporting that. Um, That's that's a good thing. I know Goodell came out this week and even had a an apology some sort of, not maybe not really an apology to Kaepernick, but a, a no, acknowledgement an acknowledgment of him
3: being that correct an at least. Either.
1: You don't think he he was was it was even that?
3: Nah, you can't he, even read
2: between the lines, man. That needs yeah. to be said. It needs to be written out, drawn out. Like It needs to be
3: plain. He needs to say his name.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah okay, I get you.
2: Because uh, this was actually a video that several of the main African American stars in the, in the NFL, yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Ezekiel Elliott was in there. Barkley. I know Saquon Barkley was in there. OBJ yeah. was in there. Uh, a lot of pronom- uh, prominent NFL, you know, stars. And then it was rumored that once Mahomes yeah. was in that video, who's now you know the poster boy and star of the yeah. league, yeah. that that's what really forced Goodell to act quick. Um, because, I mean, this is the stuff that the NFL was standing firm about prior, you know, about the no kneeling. This is what got Kaepernick blackballed and shunned from the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're saying, if, if these quarterbacks had just stood up and said something back when Kaepernick was doing it, I know Aaron Rodgers was pretty good. You know, after Drew Brees came out, Aaron Rodgers came out on the complete other side about of it. But if these players would have just acted when – This whole movement was starting, you know, years ago, years ago. Yeah. When guys like Eric Reed and, you know, those not-so-known players, like, if they would have had the backing of some of these prominent white quarterbacks, everything would have changed. They would have forced Goodell's hand immediately, man.
3: Yeah, I'm glad that they did it. Uh, I'm I'm glad Mahomes was one of the main ones behind it because that's definitely what forced uh, Roger Goodell's hand as the articles have come out and and said that in terms of him having to react and and put together his own kind of uh, apology or video and acknowledging the peaceful protests and saying that he's allowing players to do that and make the NFL a comfortable place for them to do that. Uh, But as Ben was talking about at the end of his point, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little... Too little, too late. Not necessarily for the guys that are doing it now, because I think the guys that are doing it now are the the new guard. They're the face of the NFL right now, the Saquons of the world. They're all in the primes. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, these are all primetime guys uh, that came out and did this, but I, I think what really would, would have tilted the scale a couple of years ago um, and, and changed it, and Colin Kaepernick might have a job right now um, if this happened, was if Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and, and I don't think Tom Brady would have done it because he's been pretty outspoken about his support um, for uh, Donald Trump, but neither here nor there. Um, if any of these other guys would have come out, Aaron Rodgers or something like that, and just really stuck by uh, Colin Kaepernick, I think it might have been a little bit different from him um, in terms of where he's standing today in terms of having a job or not in, in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's a little too, too little too late for some of these other quarterbacks to come out and, and start really... Um, sticking up for it, but if, if they're going to do it, I mean that's better than not. But as far as Colin Kaepernick, yeah, they should have done something a few years ago.
1: What about you, Diego? Uh, do you think it was too little, too late for the NFL to say something on this?
0: To be completely honest with you guys, there—I mean, you—you've—you've you've got the NFL side, which the biggest side or the biggest upside to it is not to be offensive to anybody, but is what Cap getting a job. As opposed to, if you look at the timing of the NFL changing their stance right now, it gives the movement a lot more meaning. Because the NFL is aligned with the USA as far as you can go, man. I mean, they've made watching Sunday Night Football as patriotic as it gets. So I just think... if. If you guys want to see it in the NFL way, sure. Yeah, it's a little bit late for Kaepernick, but it might not be, man, because he might have not gotten a job because of his talents. I mean, now he might get three or four looks because of the teams trying to get the PR stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You don't know. You don't know, but trying to see both sides. If NFL had
2: said his name, maybe, but.
1: Yeah. I I could see Kaepernick in a a Raider uniform. That's a good point, though. You think he'll
0: get some looks, Diego? (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I think definitely some teams are shopping around the idea the Redskins have a really bad image, bro. I, I don't think know. so now. They, yeah. they don't have who they have as quarterback, you know well, what I mean? But wouldn't they go they, with guys like Cam Newton? They're going to look dumb right there. Who are the Redskins? To, I mean, I don't know. That, teams like that who are in the position to... to Look bad for not doing it. I definitely see the idea. Yeah, I think I think
3: you have a point. I think you have a point there, <laughs> Diego. Especially with uh, the commissioner coming out and saying that he's in favor of peaceful protests and all of that, and kind of taking the taboo away from doing um, all of that. So I, I definitely think Colin Kaepernick's going to get some looks. Whether or not he gets signed, I don't know. Right. I, I think it, it should come down to his talent ultimately. Uh, but I do think he's going to get some looks. I agree with you. I think I think he might get a couple here um, going forward. I think we're past that, man.
2: With uh, they just had that
3: workout for him, it, wasn't it last year? That or? was a that was a PR stunt. And that's sure. because there's nothing going on. For sure, on.
2: it was. But don't you think that with the lawsuit being settled, like, it wouldn't you like isn't his career in the NFL over after that? Like, do you go yeah, possibly? For a for millions of dollar lawsuit with the NFL and then go back like he, if if he was gonna come back, Goodell would have said at least acknowledge that Kaepernick's stance was ahead of its time or whatever it may be, bro. You know, like mm-hmm. give it some acknowledgement because yeah. you're still not even like it's like not
3: That was the one. That was the one thing missing from that apology video for uh, Roger Goodell was him definitely not mentioning Colin Kaepernick's name. Uh, for sure. So uh, and again, I, I think you have a point also. So I'm probably on the fence about this. I, I think he's he might get a look, but I don't I don't think he's going to be in the NFL one because the quarterback position right now in the NFL is pretty deep in terms of the starters. I, I think a lot of teams are pretty solidified and you'd really just be getting a backup. So uh, it, it'd have to be a crap. Maybe throughout the season, he'll get a look. But yeah.
2: If Cam ha- can't land a job, it's hard yeah. to believe Cap or Yeah,
0: exactly. Team. Exactly. It's tough right I now mean, to get a job. I don't tough. think Cap lands a job. I want to I wanna make that very clear. Yeah. I think it's a workout for a PR. If you're the owner of the Redskins, Ben, you don't give Cap a workout? I mean, uh, if, 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 I, if I'm the owner,
2: yeah, if I'm the owner of the Redskins and that brings me media, that's probably the only good media they're going to have all year.
3: Yeah, but I'm then so when good. they don't sign him, it's like, oh, it was just – Yeah, but when
2: football. they don't sign yeah. him,
0: it was just a circus they're going to call it. But But yeah. you can push it to the point where it's like all these teams already looked at him, man. We looked at him. It's, it's his talent. And that's it. And you, you just push we'll it see towards how that. It plays yeah, out. we'll see how that plays out. But
2: with the circumstances that we have right now, I don't know. I don't know if it happens this year, and he's only getting older. So yeah, I hope true. it does. I hope it does. But I think that Kaepernick's
0: okay without playing
2: in the NFL at this point. He's i smart, really yeah
0: but Haskins probably scared Who, who's the redskins quote no, um, yeah. i mean someone but i mean Cap. i agree with crazy. you i, I
1: agree i agree i think at least cap gets a fair workout compared to that sham of a workout he got last time i think at least that
2: yeah hopefully
1: All i right. mean we
2: couldn't even get legit combine workouts you know like they because of the times that we're in i'm saying it just It's just another wrench the NFL could throw in it, bro. It's just another
1: excuse. Something to look forward to to see what's going to happen down the line. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, this week the NFL sent a memo out to their teams, and they're talking about reopening their facilities. Um, Is it early to be doing these workouts and reopening facilities, or is now the right time to capitalize and get things Uh, going?
3: Well, I think this is usually kind of when the the rookies and stuff, they're doing like their mini camps and whatnot and and preparing for the – the camps to start in in late July is usually when they take off because uh, the first uh, game is is right now scheduled for August the sixth. That's a Hall of Fame game. It's actually uh, Dallas versus Pittsburgh. Uh, so that that'll be uh, something to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, the, the memo was just kind of just a set of protocols uh, just for them to to look out for in terms of when they're going to return because th- they obviously haven't set a date for when everybody can return to facilities. Right now, the only people who are there. Are the people that are just rehab uh, rehabbing their injuries? So anybody with pre-existing injuries that occurred last season or whatever, uh, they're the only ones allowed in the facilities right now. But uh, they broke it down into like tiers in terms of people that they're going to be bringing in. Like tier one is obviously like your players, uh, coaching personnel. They're the ones who are going to have access to like all of the restricted areas, like the field, the sidelines, the locker rooms. They're just really trying to limit the number of people that are coming in contact with one another. So it's kind of broken down that way. And another thing, as I talked about in the NBA, is uh, the locker rooms have to be completely uh, reconfigured and and spaced out to give players um, enough enough room to operate without, I guess, getting within six feet of one another uh, on a comfortable basis. And the one thing that I thought was crazy is uh, they have to wear a different mask every day, or if they're wearing um, like a cloth mask, they have to wash it every single day, in and out, in and out, before they go, um, unless they're on the field for performance. That's the only time they don't don't wear masks. But, yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, the NFL is gearing up to come back, and I think they're going to try and get uh, as, as regular of a start to the um, the training camp as possible. So I think they're going to be aiming for mid to late July.
1: Maybe we can see some of these rookie signings, too, because a lot of these rookies haven't been signed.
2: Yeah, before.
3: they're – Physicals. They're going to be able to start going in and getting those physicals, yep.
2: I heard that even Todd Gurley hasn't officially signed his deal due to physical.
3: Oh, that's true. That's a good point. And he's a guy with pre-existing injury uh, yeah. with those knees, yeah.
2: Even though guys like Hopkins were able to get their physical done and officially become Cardinals, I don't know, it's weird, but that's how every state is handling the situation as far as who can be out and who can't. Is yeah, that's I, where I think
3: Arizona... Out. That's a little weird considering
1: Georgia's been open first. They open first.
2: That's true.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's a good thing.
2: And another thing that I saw was Texas, they opened to 50% for games. I saw that they were going to be allowing. From 25, it bumped up to 50. We're still in June. I could see it getting to 75. I won't say 100% uh, because I don't think that
3: that will happen anywhere. At 75, just might as well. Fuck it, just everybody, come dude. Back. But
2: you know that they're gonna do whatever <laughs> they can to get their money, man. Especially oh hell yeah,
3: know. hell yeah for college These football NFL season. Owners oh yeah. are
2: the greediest ones out of out of
3: all oh, the yeah. sports. We we talked about what happens if they go the whole season the whole season with no fans. The NFL loses four to five billion dollars. That's worst case scenario. No fans the whole season. It's about five billion that they lose. So yeah, I, I definitely think they're gonna try and put fans in the stands. It
2: seems there's been no question that the NFL is going to start from the president saying NFL will go. I think NFL has been the most sure one. Um, obviously, they're getting they're going to be the last ones to get the go at it, so they should have everything you know perfected. As NBA will be back prior to them coming back, the UFC's been back, soccer's been back, so they should have a really good idea when they come back. So yeah, the NFL's not in jeopardy.
1: What about you, Diego? Anything on that?
0: I just hope we get some good football, clean football, Everyone day save. I hope no players, you know, mess it up for anybody, man. Or, or you know, I'm just trying to, to see a good season. Trying to too. stay positive. Yeah.
1: Um, Dalvin Cook came out today, I believe, was today, right? Saying that yep. he's not going to be uh, dressing out anymore until he gets that extension.
2: Still on that rookie deal. Last year of the rookie deal, man. And when you're one of the top three rushers in the NFL, you ain't going to be playing for
3: pennies and dimes. You might get tagged. So that's kind of what he's up against, too. So if he's on his last year, they usually like to extend it with the tag and do something like that, especially to the running back. So uh, good for Dalvin Cook. He's going to hold out. And, you know, the Vikings really can't afford to lose Dalvin Cook. You know, they just traded away Stefan Diggs. And I know they drafted a receiver to replace him, but uh, Diggs was a really productive receiver for him while he was there. So uh, they're in no position to lose their top weapon. Yeah, so you I don't think want. you might have a little leverage here.
2: You don't want that team's success resting on the shoulders of Kirk Cousins. Like we, exactly. we, had, we mm-hmm. had mentioned in Cook. prior podcasts that that team goes through the run game, they work off the run game and then play action off of that. Mm-hmm. So you need Dalvin Cook. I know that. Actually, though, their second stringer did do decent last year, man. Madison. Cook was Madison. Madison yeah. ran yeah. his ass off last year for a while. Yeah, he, he a
0: like, stringer,
2: too. Yeah, he was like a late <laughs> waiver wire pickup in fantasy because Cook was yeah. out a couple of the late weeks. So I'm not saying that they're going to go with Madison. Um, I don't ex- – if, if they're not going to give him a deal, they better not ex- – I mean, they're not expecting him to be there past next year, so – I think that they they want Dalvin Cook there. I think that they'll work something out. And the good thing about this is there's no timetable. Like we've been talking about the deck yeah. contract, where it has to be done by that July 15th date. This one can just get done before the season starts. No training camp might be better for Dalvin Cook with his injury history. Mm-hmm.
3: That's a good point.
1: All right, Daniel, you think uh, Dalvin Cook's going to be playing week one or he's holding out?
0: Oof. Uh... I think he's playing.
1: All right. All right, last quick hitter of the day, uh, Jadavian Clowney turned down a $15 million offer from the Seahawks now. Oh, man, I don't know exactly what he's doing. I mean, I knew he betted on himself and was hoping to make that money. The market didn't show up for him. And now at $15 million, he turned down again. I mean, what's it going to take to get this guy signed?
3: Man, I don't know. You know, there, there's reports as in that same report uh, that uh, Clowney he reduced. He's already reduced his price by three million. So he started up at 20. He's uh, back down to 17 right now. as you mentioned, that offer was for 15. I'd be interested in the timing of when that offer came. If it was before or after he lowered his price. Uh, but um, him declining a 15 million dollar offer and. Uh, still being unsigned uh, is is a little concerning, but I still think he's going to find himself a place to go. I mean, pass rushers, man, if you can get a guy that can give you uh, over 10 sacks or close to, which he hasn't done on a consistent basis, but the thought is he has the ability, um, uh, you're going to go and get him. So I think he's going to end up finding a job, but at 17 to 20 million, ah, man, I don't know. So
1: you're saying he's not going to be a Seahawk though?
3: No, he won't be a Seahawk. Yeah, no, he won't be a Seahawk. He's going to sign somewhere else. So I, I think in that article they referenced uh, teams that were interested in him as being uh, the Jets and the Titans. Uh, so I'm going to go with what that article said. And I think both of those teams would be pretty decent fits for him. they just had Titans defense,
1: right? Yeah, and Bra- exactly.
3: And
1: Brable coached yeah. him
2: with the Texans.
3: Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good point, Ben, Brable. Yeah. So, I know the, the
2: previous rumor had been the Browns. Honestly, the Browns make sense just based off of they have a lot of guys on rookie deals. They have their quarterback on their rookie deal, their running back on his rookie deal, Miles Garrett's on his rookie deal. They're really they're paying OBJ. And, and Garrett aside.
3: would have been scary.
2: And that's why I think that that makes the most sense, man. But if the Browns just don't think that they're ready to win a Super Bowl with Baker at quarterback, it might not make sense to be paying Clowney that much money. The reason why it doesn't surprise me. Is because for 15 million the Texans would have signed him, but he was adamant about that 20 million dollar tag. Now that he's gone down three million, it's not gonna be the Seahawks because yeah, nah. he would have just accepted the 15 to be there. The chance to win that team, like they're consistently in the playoffs. It, the, the Titan makes sense just based off Rabel. Who are the Titans paying? You know, they have their quarterback on a friendly deal. Uh, they haven't paid Derrick Henry yet. So the, they have no receivers making big money. The Titans make sense. Uh, I don't think he'd go to the Jets just because he declined that trade to the Dolphins last year when the Texans wanted to deal him there because he wants a chance to win. So the Jets doesn't make that much sense. Where do you see him landing,
1: Diego?
0: I don't know. He's. I think the Browns, like Ben said, make the most sense. He was... He was an elite player next to JJ Watt. I mean, and um, I don't know. I just. We'll see. He's got a hefty price tag. I don't know. You don't, really. you don't want him to end up with the Browns. You yeah. don't want him to end no, up with the Browns. No, I don't Browns, want <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if you're going to go and pay 16, 17 mil for a guy, it's to it make a big difference, like adding beast to the second piece,
2: It's really. Sure.
0: It, I'm telling you because I'm thinking I'm thinking that's scary. that's why it's good yeah, yeah. It, what really hurt him
2: was three the three and a half sacks last year, man. That I know that he did have an interception for a touchdown and a fumble recovery but bro three and a half sacks and you're wanting you're wanting seventeen million dollars, man it yeah He's tough. And, and he came off nine and a half sacks with the Texans a year prior. but with the Seahawks he was strictly with his hand on the ground. he wasn't standing up. he wasn't over the center. He was just
1: playing defensive end. And the Titans give him a, that look that, where he's on the outside. and The Titans will switch him up because Brady yeah, knows be be how to play with yeah. him. He's very disruptive,
2: man. He's he's great at tackles for loss. But with those pass rushers, if you're making that money, they want the sacks. So they sacks. want you hitting the quarterback, not the running back. The dude plays the run amazingly, man. He's good. He's very disruptive. But he's a guy that you can switch around. Yeah, don't have him in pass coverage. Like the Texans had him sometimes, but rush him up the middle, rush, switch him sides. Like him and Miles Garrett is dangerous, very yeah. dangerous. For sure. All
1: right. All right. Well, that's it for quick hitters. And now we're going to do our schedule breakdown. And we're going to start stuff. with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, right. Vegas nice. has the over under on them at nine and a half games. So let's nine talk hundred. about it. Week one. They're facing the New York Giants, and this is Monday Night Football. How many D- – Diego,
2: how many games did you all win last year? You should know off the top. Uh, Eight, bro. Eight.
0: Eight and eight. Eight, eight and without eight. Big Ben. Yeah, bro, without Big Ben, yeah. And Big we were eight and five with three games left, man. I mean,
3: yep. I so had you guys to make the night playoffs night? as a bet and you fibbed out on me at the last minute. A nah, good I, run had,
0: I had a bet too versus the Cowboys, man. Season total, and they were five and eight, and we were eight and five. And of course, they it ended up at eight. eight
3: and eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, for sure.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, nine and a half with we'll see how long Big Ben lasts, but yeah, let's get into it, Just.
1: All right, first week, uh the Steelers at the New York Giants. It's Monday night football. Prime time. And
3: this this one's easy for me. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers here. Um, big Ben, uh, I think he's going to be big for them when, when he comes back. As, as Ben said, it depends how long he can last. But assuming he comes back and he has not fallen off of a cliff physically, uh, I think he's going to be pretty good for them. And I think they're going to start the victory off. Uh, I mean the victory off, the, the season off with a victory against the Giants. So mark me down with the victory there.
1: Absolutely. They get a victory week one.
2: Yeah, I expect that defense to torment Daniel Jones. I mean, it's gonna suck for him. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna be stacking the box to stop, to stop uh, Saquon. Yep. Uh, it's it's gonna be tough. And that that Monday night spot. I mean, that's what you want as a fan. Shit, prime time. So I got the Steelers too. I think they take care of business.
0: I mean, I got them of course. Nah. but why are they playing? Home or at, away? At New York. They're at, at New York. At New York, yeah. no, there's, I think they're gonna they start off good, man. I think mean, I don't think the Giants are enough of a threat outside of Barkley to do anything okay. to that, you know.
2: And Big Ben will be healthy going into that one, so you know that for sure.
0: We'll see how Big Ben comes out. This is
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Week two uh, versus Denver. This is a home game. It's a one o'clock game for them.
3: Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I think they they go 2 and 0. I think they're going to get the W against uh, Denver. Uh, it's Big Ben's first game back home since his injury, so I think he's going to want to start it off on uh, a positive fashion. Positive. He's been a strong home quarterback throughout the, his career, so yeah, I think they're going to go 2 and 0 here.
2: Yeah. Um I have the same. I expect this to be an ugly one. Something like <clears throat> 17-10, 17-13 Steelers at home. Terrible towels waving. They'll go 2-0, and and then next week, they'll fall next week.
1: It's the Texans next week. That's why, right? <laughs> All right. At Denver, uh, Diego, who do you got? Uh, Steelers? I got... mean,
0: Denver is definitely a step-up in competition from New York, but I think both games are going to be ugly. Like Ben said, 17-10 around there. Steelers win. Right.
1: So I got 2-0 and Steelers so far. I think that's the consensus, right, 2-0? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Our week three, they got Houston, uh, but that's a home game for the Steelers. Roland, what do you what do you see there?
3: Man, this is a toss up for me in terms of you know how I'm looking at this for a bet. This will probably be lined. I think as a, a three to four point game. I don't think anything more than that. Uh, Houston is probably going to be coming into this game hungry. But just for sake of consistency and how I uh, ranked or how I rated Houston season starting as a zero and three, I'm gonna give the Steelers a victory in this one at home. So I'm going three uh, zero, Pittsburgh to start the season.
1: I'm right there with you. I think Houston struggles early on, uh, and uh, Pittsburgh's gonna get that W.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go the other way. I have us going zero and two to start the season. Um, so we're gonna we need this game. We're gonna need this game. Um, the Steelers, I know we didn't talk about like key players, key losses, but we know that they have the defensive player of the year candidate in TJ Watt. Um, we know the, yeah, the offense, Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster, big letdown last year. I know I drafted him in the second round of fantasy football and man, it killed me. I even, and then I ended up trading him for Antonio Brown, bro. A day before Antonio Brown got suspended for the season. Terrible. But regardless, Juju Smith didn't play much. They got um, the running back, Connor. James
3: Connor, yeah.
2: They got Connor and they got Snell. Diego, do you expect Snell to get any run?
0: Yeah, I do, actually. They love Snell. I love Snell. Snell is explosive. Snell is fast. Snell is a different type of runner than James Connor is. James Connor is a pound it down the line runner, and that's it. Je- Snell gives you a lot more, man.
3: Getting he's more off he's, the edge.
0: He's very raw, but he, hes I expect him to get more touches. We'll see. They like him, I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah, I know that, and he was d- good out of Kentucky. He came out of Kentucky. Um, but the thing is, I know Mike Tomlin really likes like his workhorse. I know they really like – that's the way that they've always been dating back to, like, Willie Parker, Jerome Bettis, Le'Veon Bell. They like having their horse because they like running the ball. Uh, James Conner obviously hasn't been able to hold up for full seasons, though. Uh, Well, one full season, his first season as a starter. uh, Played good, but I just wanted to hash out a little bit of their skill player positions
3: well, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know I'm going to shoot Juju some bail here. I mean, I'm I've been pretty hard on him in terms of the way that he's handled himself and in terms of uh, like taking games seriously and whatnot. Back when he had Antonio Brown on the other side of him, but as far as his stat statistical statistical drop off, that's not all on him. I mean, it's a 50-50 street when you have a quarterback like Mason Rudolph throwing you the ball and and some other guys there. So, and of course, it was his first year as a number one, so you have to account for that too. But I think a lot of it was he didn't have Big Ben throwing on the ball. So I think Juju's a big comeback uh, candidate this year uh, in terms of the wide receiver position for me. And then also, I mean, the, the one thing that I didn't mention, and I talked about it when I was uh, giving Houston the loss during the, the Texans breakdown, but uh, Pittsburgh has a top, top 10, top 5, top 3 possible defense in this league, maybe. Uh, top 5 uh, for sure. I mean, they they were towards the top of the league last year in turnovers. We all know, like you said, they have T.J. Watt. Uh, They arguably have one of the better secondaries in the league now that they got Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Their linebackers, uh, we still need to see Devin Bush, I think that's his name, uh, come through from Michigan and and solidify himself. Um, So, yeah, I definitely like Pittsburgh, and that's why when I said at the beginning – uh, a lot of this just depends on whether or not Big Ben's going to be what he what he was before he left. So I'm looking at this as if he is going to be healthy, and with that defense, they're a contender for me. So let's let's get on with the the season, though. Yeah, yeah
2: for sure. Let's go. And I, well, I have a loss here because I have the Texans going one and two to start the year, and I think that this is going to be desperation mode at at its finest. So Hell yeah. I see the Texans in this one. An ugly game again, an ugly game.
0: Yeah, it definitely depends on what the first two games are. If the first two games go 17 and 10, like we said, then I definitely think the Texans are gonna edge out a win. Go being 0 and 2 and desperate, even though the Steelers are at home, we seem to always let down once we're always, you know, like we're ahead. Now, if Big Ben rolls out of this season, man, and he's gunslinging, and and Juju's catching and we're picking up first downs and it's working out we don't need to do much with that defense to win, you know? It's not like the years before we have to put up 30 points nope. and we yeah, lose to defense, 32. Man. It's not like that anymore, man. I mean, so now Ben's looking at the situation like, listen, I need to manage the clock. I need to win this game. It's a different type of chess game for Ben now. So I don't man, know. Tom Brady's not there anymore. Yeah, that's- <laughs> I mean, I don't know how we're going to come out of this, but if we're 2-0 and rolling... Good, be three and one. I mean, three and zero. Oh. If not, it's gonna be two and one. Man, I'm gonna go humbly and go in two and one.
3: There you go. All
1: right. All right. The next game after that, week four, is at Tennessee. It's a one o'clock game as well. Yeah,
2: I'll go first. I think it's pretty simple. I think they'll just bottle up Derrick Henry. I think they're gonna stack the box, man up with Joe Hayden, Minka, and all those guys in the secondary, and make Ryan Tannehill beat him. I legitimately think that they're going to make Ryan Tannehill beat him. That's the way um, the coach is going to play it. So I got Pittsburgh in another close one. Like, man, these games, that these offenses aren't too good, and the Steelers' defense is, like we said, like top five elite defense. So they have a pretty easy first part of the schedule uh, offensive-wise compared to their defense, in my opinion.
3: Three and one, yeah. This one is is closer to a toss up for me, but I, I liked all of Ben's points in terms of uh, bottling up Derrick Henry uh, and making a uh, Ryan Fitzpat uh, Ryan Ryan Tannehill go vertical on you. So uh, I'm gonna rely on this elite defense, and I think optimistically they're they're gonna be four and zero to start the season. Best case scenario.
0: Yeah, I um uh, I I think that point made the difference in my decision. I was really at fifty-fifty, but I'm gonna go a little sixty-forty towards the Steelers now because they're getting to it back, if I'm not mistaken. And to it was a big part that was missing last year, man. That guy started off the year really well yes. and he got yes injured, they are. And now he's back and I think with TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and him just they're gonna bottle him up, make him throw it. And I'll love him to throw it to me and some Minka man.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ball another W for the Steelers here, 4-0 no, to start the season for me. Next week, it's uh, NFC East, and they're playing Philadelphia at home.
3: This is a a tough game. It's really, really a a 50-50 game for me. Uh, So I'm going to give them the loss here uh, against Philly. I I think uh, uh, Philly presents some problems also with their defense. I I think they've done some really nice things in terms of beefing up their secondary it's gonna make it really tough for the the Steelers to move the ball uh, through the air. So uh, I'm gonna go with Philly in this game.
2: I agree. Pretty simple. Philly's a pretty tough place to play. It's early in the season. They should be pretty healthy at that point. It's That's a home game for, for
3: the Steelers. It's a home game for Steelers. But
2: oh shit! Okay, I didn't see that. Damn! Give me the Steelers.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Ah. <laughs> give me the Steelers. See, I – I, I, I uh, that's a hard one, man. I'm going to go with Philly just because we tend to lose games in the first half of the season and we tend to rally second half. And just for that, go. I would like to save my wins for the second half of the schedule. I like that. I
3: like yeah,
1: that. I think it's a loss. I think this is kind of the trap game. They're coming off all these wins and they end up losing it to Philly at home. Here we go. Week six, it's Cleveland and it's a home game. For the Steelers, <laughs> man. Thanks, thanks for
2: clearing that up, bro. <laughs> um, I have them splitting with with uh, Cleveland. Yeah. To Same. be honest, so it really okay. doesn't matter, man. I'll go loss here and I'll go win later.
3: Yeah, I have them splitting the the division series with Cleveland as well. So I'm gonna give them the loss here as well. Uh, I think they're gonna go in a little bit of a skid.
0: I um. Uh... I'm going with the dub. I think we're gonna beat the Browns the first game. We, I think we're gonna beat the Browns. I
1: got, I got the dub here, and then the loss later. Like y'all said, they're splitting this one here. All right. All right. Week seven, Baltimore at Baltimore.
3: Yeah, that's a loss for me. Yeah.
2: Likewise, at Baltimore, loss. Although last year they did hang tough. They played Baltimore. I know both times without Ben. Uh, that first one, man, it was. That first game, the Steelers arguably should have won. Yeah. I don't know if it was a missed field goal or what uh, it was. Ju- Juju, Juju fumbled. There you go. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go lost at Baltimore.
0: Yeah. I uh, I have to go lost at Baltimore. Even though we tend to play the Ravens tough, they tend to have our number, man.
1: Right. Roland, did we get yours on this one? Was yeah, 10.
0: yeah, that one. I'm I, my bad. I said it
3: pretty quickly at the beginning. Uh, I, I'm going Baltimore at home here.
1: Okay. Yeah, same thing. It's a, it's a loss for the Steelers here. Well, i have week... four and three
3: right now. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. yeah, I have them four and three into the bye. Yeah. Four and three also. All right.
1: Five and two for me. Okay. Week yeah. eight, bye week for the Steelers. They get the rest right there. Yeah. yeah. Then week nine, they go. And they play the greatest franchise of all time, the Dallas Cowboys. Packaboy!
3: <laughs> and that's uh, at Dallas. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take the the Dallas Cowboys here at home. Um, and I'm going to have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 4-4. Four and four. The Cowboys, I think they beat them the last time they played in the regular season at home. And Big Ben was the quarterback <laughs> then. So uh, I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys here.
2: Yeah, I, it's tough off the bye week, but I don't like it at Dallas. I think that Dallas will get their run game going and open open, open up the Steelers a little bit with that. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas. Damn, that's three in a row I have them losing. Yeah, so that don't even sound
0: right. I, uh, I might go watch this game if we get that 75% capacity, man. There you go. I, I really want our fifty. I'm trying to go see this NFL game man hopefully hopefully it's safe, but more than likely, um in this one I, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys winning at home and I like the Cowboys this year. They did some moves that in my opinion um, actually made a difference. so hopefully um not, but yeah, let's go with four and four.
1: yeah, that four. bye week's gonna be tough and it's gonna be a loss for the Steelers here. All right, All right uh, week 10, another division game for the Steelers, and it's a home game against Cincinnati.
3: Yeah, I think they're going to give uh, Joe Burrow a nice welcoming uh, to the AFC North or a nice welcoming to Pittsburgh at least. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Pittsburgh to end their three-game losing streak.
2: Yeah, same, same for me. I expect a rude awakening for Joe Burrow. I got Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, this is a game we have to win. It doesn't matter what our schedule is at. So. Right.
2: Both both games
0: against Cincinnati. Yeah, we have to beat the I mean we have to. So win.
1: Yeah, I got I got a win here too. Um rookie quarterback coming in. It's not gonna be nice for him. A lot against that defense at least. Yeah. All right, week eleven at Jacksonville.
3: That's a W for me, even though it's on the road. Uh, down in Jacksonville uh, probably going to be a, a little humid down there uh, but I think the defense is going to be able to carry them through this one I don't think Minshew going to offer too much trouble through the air uh, so I'm going uh, Pittsburgh here to get on a two game one street
2: I am was about to say the same thing I don't think Jacksonville scores 10 points this game Steelers
0: Where, what time is that game at? This it's a 1pm start p.m. alright that's a trap game man I don't know if the Steelers win, but they don't cover. I mean, I know I don't know if the Jags win, but they'll cover, man. That's all I gotta say.
1: Right. <laughs> I got the Steelers winning this game. Uh should be an easy win for them.
0: Yeah. All right, going in what's that? I think the Steelers are gonna win, my bad. Yeah. No,
1: that's fine. Uh going into week thirteen, this is um No, week twelve, my bad. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving game. Thanks. Uh, Thursday night football, Baltimore. Man,
3: (sighs) This one is tough. Uh, it's, it's a home game for Pittsburgh. It's, it's Thanksgiving uh, prime time. It's the last, uh, last game of the night. I want to give them the win here, but I think they're going to, they're going to lose twice to Baltimore this year. I'm going to give them the loss.
2: Yeah, I hope Big Ben doesn't eat too much turkey during the day and come off flat at night because I got the Steelers in this one. I had them splitting. I think at home they'll get it done. Thanksgiving Day they'll be sleeping in their own beds. Um, they'll have all the family at the game, hopefully, you know, in, in the box. Yeah. So I got the Steelers. I had them splitting, and I think that they win here. I like this stretch of their schedule too.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, this is going to be a tough game. Hard fought game, but I'm gonna have to give my Steelers dub. I think they're gonna split the season with the Ravens. We tend to to do that consistently with them, so I'm gonna go with that.
1: I got them losing this one. I don't. I don't think they're gonna get it on uh, the Ravens this year. All
2: right.
1: All right. We, I, have,
2: I have seven man? wins. I have seven wins so far. Just to update how many wins I have. Seven
1: and four right now is where I'm at.
3: Okay. I think I have them at six
0: and five. Might be six and five too.
1: All right, week
3: thirteen.
1: Washington, and this is a home game. One PM. It's gonna be bad. I hope.
2: Uh, I hope. will uh, I'm not even forgetting his name. Like, can he's that bad. The Redskins quarterback. Haskins.
1: Though, join Haskins.
2: I, I hope Haskins isn't starting this game, man, because it it, it could be his last. It will be bad.
1: Bad. Steelers, easy. Easy.
3: Yeah, yeah I'm taking Steelers here.
1: Steelers consensus for everybody here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think this is uh something we gotta think about too much here. Fourteen, uh week fourteen at Buffalo. Or is that week? Yeah, fifteen.
0: 14.
3: At Buffalo, primetime, Sunday night football. Man, it's a it's a tough one. Uh, and Buffalo at home Sunday night. You, you know they get crazy for prime time games down there.
1: Bringing some um, tables.
3: Yeah, definitely gonna have a lot of tables broken. You know, I'm I'm gonna, actually gonna have to go uh, with uh, <clears throat> Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. Uh, I, I like Big Ben as a primetime quarterback. He has a, a, a pretty uh, respectable record in this spot. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a real off a late-season victory. I think defenses will cancel each other out, and Big Ben's going to be the difference.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a pretty low over-under for this one, I would imagine, yeah. right? Somewhere around yeah. 35,
3: 36. The weather's going to be bad, too, for sure. Yeah.
2: Um, if, if they're going to be forcing Josh Allen to make the throws, I just like the Steelers. In an ugly, one. ugly
0: yeah. one, in this one I think this really all depends on how the bills come out the first couple of games and how we come out the first couple of games you know we might be the more put together team I don't know what the bills have done as far as uh, defensively I know they got digs in the offseason and and hopefully um, that progresses into something good but um, I think the Steelers are going to do enough to get it done here, man. I, I'm going to give them the dub. Justin? It's a
1: 50-50 game for me. And just for the sake of 50-50 games, I'm going to give them the loss here. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, next week after that, it's going to be at Cincinnati. And this is Monday Night Football. That's a dub for me. All
3: right. Yeah, this this is a, a dub for me. I think they're going to end up sweeping Cincinnati and Joe Burrow this year. Uh, Big Ben uh, lifetime is 15-4 and four on Monday Night Football, so I think he's going to keep it rolling.
2: Yeah, pretty simple for me, too. The I, li- I like the way their schedule plays out towards the end of the year. I think it might be the opposite of last year where they go into the playoffs with some wins, especially with that extra team added. Um, so I'm going to go with a win as well.
0: Yeah, dub, dub, dub.
1: All right. Week uh, 16, Indy, at home, 1 p.m. game.
3: Oof. Hmm. Who wants to start this one? Uh, I'll start. I, uh,
1: uh, I got him winning this one. It, it is Watson. a 50-50 game for me, but this is a the game they do get the dub here.
0: I, yeah.
3: I don't,
2: I don't think it's that 50-50. I'm just going to make it quick and easy rolling. Um... I, I like the Steelers at home in this one, and I don't know if it'll be even be Phillip Rivers starting that game for the Colts that late in the year.
3: Yeah, I think, it, I think it'll be Phillip Rivers starting the, the game, but I think that's going to be why they don't win the game also because right. I, I don't like Phillip Rivers in the cold weather. The Colts historically are not a very good cold-weather team. I mean, they're, they play in a dome eight games out of the year, so they obviously fare better indoors, and their team's just not built for that. They're a finesse team and the, the Steelers in the cold week 16 needing a W more than likely to to keep in the playoff race, I'm giving them the W.
0: Yeah, I gave the Philly the win early in the season on a 50-50 game. I'm giving Steelers this, the win here in a late season, 50-50 game for me. Nice. Uh, Philly is a harder opponent in my opinion, though.
2: For sure. I
0: agree. I agreed.
2: Phillip Rivers will have his hand in his little warmers all game, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so that's everybody there. Yeah, yeah. All right, week seventeen at Cleveland. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this is the loss. I gave them the dub earlier, actually. Uh, in the home game. Now they're at Cleveland. Uh, it's a loss for me, and that'll be a ten and six for the Steelers on the year.
3: Yeah, I see them splitting, as we all said earlier. So I gave them the loss earlier. I'm going to give them the win to end the season. And they end the season, on my account, on a four-game win streak. Yep. I have them. A five-game win streak. One season.
2: Mine sounds a little crazy because I have them, like, on a seven-game win streak to end the year. But honestly, it all depends on if Big Ben is there. If Big Ben is there, this is very, very doable. Like, this could wow. easily happen. But I if, had the
3: what, what did you have, wrong? I have them at eleven and five. <laughs> oh, My God.
2: Yeah, I think that's what I have too. I have eleven or twelve, bro. Crazy, but I mean the defense, bro. It's gonna
3: yeah, be the defense fun. is there. The defense.
2: They is might there. be the. They might be the first defense drafted this year in fantasy football, bro. bro I, they, I, might, they
3: won me so many. Ga- they they won me so many games last year. I love them. Yeah, they Dude, might it's be. It's a favorable that
1: schedule too. I mean,
2: down the stretch, it is, bro. It really is. It is. I have a win because I gave them the loss earlier in the year. I had them losing three or four in a row earlier. And then rattling off seven in a row to close the year. Wild.
0: Yeah, it's going to be know. a long season.
3: Know. But they're a, they're a contender. I mean, I, I know we're all kind of optimistic on them right now. But, I mean, who else in the AFC other than Baltimore and uh, okay. KC are, are solidified right now? You know, it's... Um, it's wide open for these other teams in the, in the AFC. So I think as long as Big Ben is healthy, these guys are players in the AFC.
1: Absolutely a playoff team here, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we're going to get in there, but I want to give some respect to the Texans, man. I think they're definitely up there in the contender and, and oh, there you the go. Titans, man. They're, uh, if anything, we got to give them the respect after being the Ravens and the Patriots. But I agree with you after the, Having the Pats fall off and shipping Brady off to NFC for good, think, hopefully, um, we we should be able to, to hopefully sneak into at least the playoffs, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, any other comments on the Steelers season? Anybody have some insight they want to say on the Steelers?
4: Wow, with with as good. many
1: wins as we had them getting, though, they might honestly be fighting
2: for the division with the with the Ravens. Yeah. Possibly.
4: Uh-huh. I, know,
2: I know you and Roland both had the Ravens sweeping them, and that might be what does them in, in winning the division is the head-to-head or division record. Uh, the Ravens might have a better one, but with what we all pretty much gave right now, we all have them as a 10-win team, uh, 10 wins or more. So they, they could be fighting for that division if
1: everything goes as planned. All right. And uh, Vegas had the over-under at 9.5. Are you all comfortable enough with these picks that you'd make a play for the over 10?
3: The only reason why I'm not is because of how much um, of this is contingent on Big Ben uh, being healthy for me. And whenever there's that big of a factor in that number, I'm probably not going to take it. And also, because I I do like the Steelers as a team. I know I'm a Cowboys fan, but I've historically bet on them a lot. So uh, it's hard for me to say that. But with just that factor being there, I'm going to have to pass. And it'd be nine and a half also. Yeah. Can you
0: bet season win totals?
3: Yes, you can.
0: It's open right now. Oh, but once the the season started, can you get live season win totals? No, right?
3: Uh, I don't think so. Not that I've seen.
0: Because I bet you could get a really good price, bro, at the first half of the season. Like after Ben said, I, I feel like that would we're going to peel off a run like we always do in the second half of the year. And you might be, we'd probably see that number at nine. Maybe eight point five at a friendly but, day.
2: Diego, we did also all have you all at four and zero to start the year, or three and one to start the year. So the number might not be that good because it's like in the middle where it gets tough.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I, I was saying. Them. They had two and two. I had three and one, but I saw them at two and two. So, I think might be wrong there. Well, I had three and one. I just had them losing
2: to the Texans and winning. Yeah, the I had other
0: them win. four and zero to start. Oh, Jesus! Never mind. I guess. I guess my team's going to go it, good. it
2: just all relies too much on Big Ben, and at his stage in his career, his age, like, you just don't want to... That's not that's not what you want. You don't want yeah. to... And with the year he had last year and being injured, it's too many question marks.
3: Yeah. To bet money on. To yeah, on a, to, a to put a play on,
1: a... it's too much.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair if That's if you're comfortable with it. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's it for Steelers. Now the other team on the NFC side that we're covering today is the Green Bay Packers. Their over-under is exactly at 9. The Green Bay Packers' 2019 record was 13-3, and uh, 6-0 against the NFC North, 7-1 at home, and 6-2 on the road. Now the Green Bay Packers were in the NFC Championship game against the Niners, which they lost 37-20. to and only two games were decided by three points or less, and they were two and zero in those games. No. So let's start week one at Minnesota.
3: I think they continue that trend that you hit on last, uh, or in the beginning of that. They were six and zero against the division last year. I think they continue that. I think they beat Minnesota, even though it's at home. Uh, I think we've been talking about the crowd situation. Minnesota usually has a pretty good home uh, home field advantage, but maybe that's a little hampered. And first game without Stefan Diggs, new look offense. Uh, so I'm going to Green Bay here.
2: Yeah, for me too, especially with the Davin Cook question mark exactly. now, we're making, we're making our choice right now. We don't know uh, what it's going to be then, then. But regardless, man, like the division, Aaron Rodgers is just so much better than all these other he quarterbacks. If Matt Stafford can't stay healthy, because I do like Matt Stafford, but the whole roster of the Lions just isn't it. So, yeah, I I like him to keep beating up on this division, to be honest. So I'm going to yeah. go with a win.
0: I uh I think the Packers get it done here, man. Plain and simple, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to beat Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah. Like Ben was saying, a lot of question marks for Minnesota at this moment. You don't even know if Dalvin's going to play. That's their best star right now. And um, 6-0 and last season, I mean, now to go with A-Rod and uh, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, it's a dub for them, started off. Yeah. Week two versus Detroit. This is a home game for them. It's a 1 o'clock game.
3: Man. I like Matt Stafford. I know Ben just said he did, but I'm going to go with uh, Green Bay at home.
2: Yeah, I'll say Green Bay in a shootout as well. 2-0.
0: Two
1: and them. yeah. All right, here we go. This should be a good one. It's prime time Sunday night football. It's at New Orleans.
3: Man, I'm gonna give them a loss here. I, I think it's their first loss season. They go two and one. Uh, all intent, I mean, it's really a toss up. But I, I like New Orleans at home in this spot. Sunday night football. Not, not very uh, many harder places to play than that. So.
2: Yeah, like Roland said, not many. it won't be filled to capacity, but that's one of those stadiums where it's a dome. Dome. And 50% 50 feels like 100% at other stadiums. So same, man. New Orleans at home. Hopefully everything works out with the whole Drew Brees situation, but I like New Orleans at home, especially on primetime.
0: Yeah, I think this comes down to home field. This is in Lambeau. We're going Lambeau. I mean, we're going Packers, but since this is in – Breeze territory, I think the Saints are going to get it done. Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's a winnable game for the Packers, but being that it's away, it's not going to happen, and I, I have to give them a loss here. Right. Uh, all right, another NFC South game, week four, and a Monday night game, keeping on the night theme, at Atlanta, Oh no, home against Atlanta.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I expect it to be a shootout, and I expect the Packers just to come out on top. I don't trust Matt Ryan. Pretty much what it comes down to.
1: Not clutch, you
2: think? Yeah. He's, he doesn't have ice. He's not Matty Ice anymore.
3: Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like uh, Green Bay. Historically, they've just been a really good home team when Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback and even before then. Uh, so I, and even though the, uh, Atlanta actually has historically given uh, Aaron Rodgers trouble while he's been there, uh, I don't think it's going to be enough, especially at home. Maybe if they were playing Atlanta, I'd flip it the other way. Uh, but I'm,
0: I'm going to Green Bay at home. I love the name Matty Iceman, but he's not getting it done. Packers get it done at home.
1: All right. Week five, they got a bye week.
0: Weeks. Early bye week. Early, yep, early, early bye,
1: bye week. week. one
3: into the bye week for me.
1: And then week six, they have to go away after the bye week to play Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. good game.
2: That's gonna be a good game, man. Yep. They're they're lucky they're coming in off the buy too, but I'm still gonna go with Tampa. I think that they're gonna to have too many weapons for Green Bay secondary. I don't like Green Bay secondary very much, um, so I'm gonna go Tampa.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm going Tampa here. Uh, I I hope this game is lined closely, but uh, we'll see as we get there. Uh, coming off of a buy should offer them uh, some but somewhat of an advantage, but. In Tampa, new-look Buccaneers. Um, I'm pretty po- um, high on them going into the season uh, to begin with, so
0: I'm going with uh, Tampa Bay here and giving Green Bay a loss. I'm really curious to see how this Tampa Bay team comes together, man, but I'm, I'm going to have to give them the dub just on how uh, it looks on paper. So that's uh,
1: Tampa with a dub or?
0: Tampa, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a loss for me for uh... – the Packers, I think Tampa's going to get it done at home. Week seven at Houston. 1 o'clock this, is where,
2: this is where Aaron Rodgers tells the Cheesehead fan base to just relax because they're going to be on a two game losing streak after the bye week. Uh, nice. so I got the Texans. I know we came, we went over this with the Texans breakdown. I had the Texans winning. I'm not going to switch up now. So I got the Texans.
3: Yeah, and that was going to be my my point for my pick here. I think I took um, Green Bay when we did the Houston breakdown. So I'm going to keep it consistent, and I'm going to go with uh, Green Bay here. You know, historically, I, I mentioned their home record. Aaron Rodgers is about a fifty fifty guy on the road, so I just gave him a loss against Tampa. So I'll give him another a win on the road against Houston.
0: Yeah, I I, I think they can beat the Texans. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a win.
1: Same here. It's a win for. Uh... The Packers Alright, All right. then they got Minnesota at home, 1 o'clock game Yeah, They'll get
2: back on track here for me I have them sweeping the Minnesota They'll break that little two game losing streak after the bye, and give me the Packers
3: Yeah, I do think they sweep Minnesota This one's a little tough, Minnie is coming off of a bye in this one and they'll be looking for revenge to, and to even up the division record against them uh but I'm gonna go Green Bay. I, 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 if I if took Green Bay on the road, I'm gonna take them um at home against Mini.
0: So you know, let's go. So this game is in Lambo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I gotta take I gotta take Green Bay and Lambo.
1: Yeah, I think they get it done against the NFC North again. It's a win for the the Packers here. Moving on at San Francisco. This is a Thursday night game. It's a rematch of that NFC championship game.
2: Short week on the road. There will be no revenge here, man.
3: Yeah. No revenge here. Niners. Yeah. I agree. Ben said it all. Sh- short week on the road and against the San Francisco 49ers of all teams. That's, that's a horrible look. So uh, going for a, a loss here for Green Bay.
0: Yeah, it's a loss.
1: Yep. It's consensus loss for us here. Home
2: teams on Thursday night, man. That's a really big uh, trend there for winners.
1: All right, moving on to uh, Jacksonville at home for the Packers. Mm.
3: Jacksonville, man, they don't like the cold weather. Uh, I'm going Green Bay here.
2: Yeah, that's pretty fair. I think uh, Minshew's mustache will be in full effect. He'll have the handlebars to try and beat out Aaron Rodgers' handlebars. Uh, but on the field, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Packers.
3: It's a good point. They do have impressive mustaches, both of them. I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think the Packers get it done.
1: Yeah, I'm with y'all. Packers get it done against Jacksonville. We're um,
0: awfully positive on all of these. Just, wanted,
3: just pointing that out. <laughs> I like it though. Like uh, we,
1: we got uh, Week 11 at Indy. One o'clock game at Indy.
3: Man. Just keeping with the positive note, uh, and I, I know Ben has has been uh, harping on Phillip Rivers, and, and I'll hop on that, that bandwagon right now, too, and harp on him a little bit. I, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to outclass him here. The defense for Green Bay is going to hold uh, Phillip Rivers, even though it's at home. Uh, I think Green Bay is going to be in the second half of the season mode, and uh, give me a W for Green Bay.
2: Yeah, well, I think we're positive right now because we're doing, you know, pretty good teams, teams with good quarterbacks. So yeah. we're giving them the edge. But I'll tell you, when we get to the Colts, I'm going to be going under just based off the crazy number they have set for them with the expectations of Phillip Rivers. Uh, Phillip Rivers ain't beating Aaron Rodgers here, man. Um, it's No, it's not going to happen. Give me the Packers.
0: I second that. Give me the Packers.
1: Right, I got the Colts uh, winning this one. Okay. Just because it's at Indy, then they go nice. Chicago Sunday night football. Should be a very cold weather game, but it's at home.
3: Yeah, I'm going go
1: Packers at home.
3: I I think this is a candidate for a team that we might not know who's going to be starting that that game. Right, it's, it's late in the season and. It's already it's Mitchell Trubisky versus Nick Foles, uh, so who knows who's starting that game. But uh, Chicago is off of a bye in this one, uh, but I am going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I don't like saying quarterback versus quarterback, but, I mean, this one, it's, it's pretty clear. Uh, either way, whoever's starting, I, I'm going Green Bay.
2: Yeah, pretty simple, man. doesn't matter unless the Bears' defense scores points for them, you know, several touchdowns it's it's not gonna happen give me the packers
0: yeah it's a lambo they're gonna get it done and prime time and prime time
1: yeah all right then they got philly at home after that
3: loss uh yeah uh, i agree i give him a loss on mine
0: as well just looking at how the it's coming out on paper you gotta give him a loss here i think
1: yeah, I think we're all here consensus with the loss.
3: Yeah, Philly's secondary is gonna be able to lock down those guys. Um I, I'm go- yeah, for sure. That yeah. guy. That guy. That guy, that's true. Yeah, that yeah. guy, Devontae Adams. That's the only one. Him versus Darius Slay should be nice.
2: Yeah, that's a good matchup.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, moving back into the NFC North matchup. It's at Detroit. One o'clock game here.
3: Man. I think they sweep Detroit. I don't think they have them losing to a, an NFC North opponent this year again. I, I don't know how crazy that sounds, but I think they're going to beat Detroit.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a win for me, uh, Packers.
2: They beat Detroit. Who knows if Stafford will even be there this late in the season, man.
3: Hopefully. so
2: I, I hope so, too, but that's the only chance Detroit has at winning six games. So, uh, still, give me the Packers.
0: I'm going to go with the Lions, man. This world oh. ain't pink. This world right. ain't pink. I think the might pull it off. I like that. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, after that,
1: they got Carolina at home. I'm going to go with a dub for the Packers here just because I don't know the whole situation with Carolina.
3: Who is Carolina's starting quarterback right now? Teddy. I was trying to find that out. Teddy again? Who? Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Or Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. That's right. I'm sorry. Uh, my bad, Teddy. But... Even with that said, I'm going Green Bay here. I think they're going to be, again, like I said earlier, uh, second half of the season, trying to put uh, Joshua for playoffs, and I don't think Carolina is going to be in the playoff picture this year. So two teams going in opposite directions for me, Uh, Green Bay uh, getting the W.
2: That's interesting. I'm going to go with Teddy two gloves. I'm going to go with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, heavy dosage of him and his gloves in the cold weather, putting the ball in Christian McCaffrey's chest, baby. A lot of it.
0: I uh, I like it. I, I like really it. think it just depends on the attitude that this team takes in the first couple of games of the season, man. If they chalk it up as a no, we're rebuilding the team. This is a this is a you know just a testing year, just to see who I'm keeping and who I'm not on this roster for the coaching staff, and that is then then we might we're gonna see a loss. But if this is a rebuilding year and Teddy's got the you know it's got the team rolling and, and, and pieces are falling in together. You might see a strong Panthers team, man. I like I like the pieces that they have and the fact that they're going out and making moves to grab Teddy means they might they like where they're standing, you know, Right? They have a good back. Right, this,
1: this is a W for me for the Packers here. Alright. After that they got a uh, AFC South, Tennessee Titans primetime, Sunday night football, but that's at Lambeau.
3: Yeah,
1: I'm
2: going to need
3: this win uh, as a Texans fan. I'm going to go with Green Bay. It's simple. Yeah, I'm going uh, Tennessee here. Just common theme for a couple of my losses other than the Tampa Bay one is I think they're just going to struggle against teams with uh, pretty uh, stout secondaries. Tennessee historically has a good secondary, just good defense all around. Uh, so I'm going to go Tennessee uh, to get the victory here and giving uh, the Packers a loss.
0: Packers for me. Team Packers beat
1: them. Yeah, it's Packers here too. Last game of the season for them at Chicago, 1 p.m.
3: I think they finish off the season with a victory. Uh, it's going to be something like they're trying to get a bye or they're trying to uh, lock up a, a seating or something. So it's going to be a very important game for them. So I'm going W for the Packers.
2: I'm looking at it the other way. I'm saying the Packers are benching players at this point, and I think the Bears just win. They beat uh who's the backup for the Packers? Is it uh
1: Alduta the, the guy they drafted might be the backup? Matt no. No, no
2: Oh yeah, they traded the other dude, so it's Matt the, the yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is sitting out here, Devontae Adams is sitting oh, Jordan out Love. here. It is oh, it is gonna be Jordan Love. And oh, shit, they might not want to yeah, put Jordan uh, Love. hundred left, right? That's who I thought it was, Justin Hunley. That's yeah, who I Hundley's thought it
3: was.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, regardless, I have the Packers resting games here locked into the playoffs. And uh, give me the Packers in one of those Week 17 wins where nobody plays and the the worst team
0: wins. Yeah, I got the, the Bears edging it off, man. I think everyone's going to be fighting for a roster spot in that team just playing hard in that game, man.
1: No, I agree with you there. I got the Bears – Lost for the Packers here, and I got the Packers at ten and six on the season.
2: Yeah,
3: I have them at eleven and five. They're I like 11. the
2: Packers' schedule a lot, and I like their over. I like them to go over. Just, I mean, they won thirteen games last year, and they're putting this year's at nine. Yeah, last? and they
1: six and zero against the NFC North.
2: And the division didn't get much better,
1: man, unless we're putting a lot of stock into Nick Foles. Yeah, and I don't think they lost a lot of players or anything like that. No, this they team's didn't. In the
3: season, their offseason was fairly quiet. I mean, they they released a Jimmy Graham, and they signed a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they are pretty quiet.
1: They could um, potentially be up in that NFC Championship game again. Who knows?
2: Well, they got the bye last year, man. So, I mean, they, they had the bye with 13 wins last year. I don't know if 11 will get them the bye.
3: Um, so you, you know, have them at 11 and 5, sitting, or, uh, 10 and 5, sitting guys out going into week 17? 1,
2: 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, 10. 10 wins. But I think yeah, that they'll that... lock up their division at 10 wins, I believe. Hey, is this this
1: year they already go into effect with that extra playoff game?
2: The e- team, yeah. Yes. The
1: teams. yeah. So I wonder if that will allow them to, uh, with a 10-win season, NFC North already locked up to just go ahead and rest.
2: Well, and it could that's also point. Be that there's only one team that's going to have the bye now, Roland. So if, if it's just out of reach, week 17, you're just going to sit your guys – because there's not those two buys that you're playing
1: for.
3: So. True. No, yeah, that's completely true. So, yeah, I, I just – I think 10 and 5s I've never – yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah.
1: We'll see with this different league. Anybody else got anything on the Packers season that they want to cover or any, any insight? No, I,
3: I think uh, – the Ben said it, I, I think the over 9 is a good look. They have a, a pretty favorable schedule uh, the way it shakes out for them. Uh, especially, you know, towards the end of the season, I think they they're really coming into a weak schedule. I'm not too high on a lot of the teams down low, besides uh, maybe Philly. Um, I think uh, Detroit, Carolina, all those teams are are not going to have very good years. So I'm, I'm going with uh, Green Bay to take that over. I, I like that at over nine.
1: I like this play myself. I actually might play this one. Yeah how many how many years do y'all think Aaron
2: Rodgers has left there, man? At Green Bay or and a total Green
3: career? Bay? A year's I think left. He play-
2: no, just at Green
3: Bay. A year or two, maybe? I think he plays out his contract. He plays out his contract, and that's it.
1: What's left on that contract, too?
3: Uh, let me check real quick. Yeah, that.
2: that's, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think that this year will be his last year just because I don't think Jordan Love will be ready after one year. Um, but the end is near. The end is near.
0: Yeah um we'll see man the packers i think this is the second year they have that coaching staff but yeah. uh, i think nine and seven uh for a push is the worst it gets i don't think we see eight and eight
2: yeah and that's good that it's at that flat number like you mentioned flat at nine and you don't have to deal with the hook at nine and a half so you don't have to win 10 i mean you can get your money back at nine and that's honestly worst case scenario because we all have them winning the division, and you're going to have to be better than eight and eight to win that to win the division.
3: Yeah, and the line might be a little steep, but to win the division is also a pretty decent bet, uh, depending on what line you can find out there um, on the Packers. Uh, if anybody's looking right now, I'm sure you can find lines. Yeah. What do we got next,
1: Just? All right, man. This is the one the topic that gets you know. Everybody talking. I, it's a little always controversial because people don't like the way you put number one at one or two at two. But this is our top ten wide receiver list coming up, and uh, wow. you know how it was with the with the top five quarterback list. Man, we got some heat on it. Uh, we had some people agreeing, but man, that topic was 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 heat. Man, people were were arguing for their players or giving their reasoning and. And it's always a fun topic to talk about, you know, because it's it's all it's it's kind of all speculation. It's not like something you can really just prove, but it, it's it's a fun topic to talk about.
2: It's based sure. on preference and opinion for the most part. Yeah, you know.
3: preference and opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot
3: of these guys too, at the receiver position, you can jostle them around. It's all on preference. Exactly. Yeah. I think
2: this will be a little more bland, and we'll have more of the same guys in our top five. Maybe just order. One guy three, one guy four, one guy two, one guy three. I
1: I actually expect us to have a very similar top ten as far as the guys in the top ten. But uh, placement will be changed, of course. But I I think we're going to have quite a bit of similarities as far as the the ten names being said today, at least. Let's get it. All right. So uh, who wants to go first?
3: Uh, I, I guess I'll go first because Ben deferred last week and did. didn't want to give his number one or r- choose between Thomas and DeAndre. But I, I gave my number one last year. or last year, uh, last nice podcast, much. and that's a uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for me. Um, I, I brought it. I brought up a couple of points uh, just about him. You know, not really having um, the, the same kind of uh, quarterback as as Michael Thomas until he got De- Deshaun Watson, and you've seen what he what he's done since he got uh, Deshaun Watson um, as his number one quarterback. Uh, so I, I'm keeping DeAndre Hopkins here. I think he's going to find some success with uh, Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be his number one target. It's going to be an open offense. It's going to be a vertical offense. And um, opposed to the guy that's number two on my list, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins offers you a little bit more um, in terms of his his route running. And I think he's um, a, a little bit, I I like him going up and getting jump balls more than I'd like Michael Thomas. That's kind of what I'm saying. On those 50-50 balls, I prefer Hopkins over Thomas, although Thomas does have a a ridiculous um, catch percentage. Also go Hopkins number one.
2: Yeah, I know I deferred last week, but I thought about it long and hard for a full week, and I said I'm done fighting the good fight for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not going to force it. So just based off of quarterback, wide receiver chemistry, I think it's a toss-up with both of these guys just based off their sole talent. But Hopkins is going with the new quarterback. Michael Thomas is more of the norm. You know, a quarterback that's broken all the records in the NFL, although he's not really pushing the ball downfield. I have Michael Thomas at number one based off that.
0: Michael Thomas just won me my Super Bowl last year, so he's my number one this year. For sure. Nice. Alright,
1: like so uh for me it's Julio Jones. Uh I think he's the bar at the receiver position. Uh he is getting a little older. I know uh last year it was a down year for him and he still had thirteen hundred yards uh and six touchdowns. Uh-huh. He also led the league from scrimmage yards at uh thirteen point eight per touch. So I think Julio Jones is still the bar at receiver uh for me at least. That's fair. Right. Roland, you're number two. I like
3: that. My number two is the guy I mentioned at the end, and you guys have as your uh, well, Diego and uh, Ben have him as their number one. Is uh, Michael Thomas, as I mentioned, his catch percentage is ridiculous. I, I know he he gets a little bit of a, a rap for uh, running slants and and running little drag routes and whatever, but the guy finds a way to get the ball consistently, play after play after play, and he offers Drew Brees a consistent place to throw the ball uh, no matter what. And, and that, I mean, it goes without being said is being one of the more important factors in the receiver. So uh, Michael Thomas is my number two.
2: Yeah. At two, I got Hopkins. Um, like I said, he should – normally a guy switching teams, brand-new quarterback, and then with the times that we're in and them not being able to work out as consistently, you know, if, if – Hopkins was with the Texans all this time last year. They were doing, you know, Watson was working with the receivers on their own time. You know what I mean? Prior to all these camps and all that stuff, which I'm sure Kyler Murray would be doing also. But it's just sure. not, an, not an option right now. Uh, regardless, I think that offense is going to want to push the ball. Uh, second year for Kyler Murray, second year for Cliff Kingsbury, yep. you know, first year for Hopkins there. We know that they want to throw the ball. They want to score points. Um. So, yeah, I got Hopkins at number
0: two. I got Hop at two, awesome.
1: It's a hop at a two for me as well. Um, Like nice. Roland alluded to as far as not having the same quarterback and the consistency that he's had, it's hard not to have him there. Yep. All right, number three, uh Roland.
3: Number three, it's the guy who you had at number one, and and that's Julio Jones, just freak athlete. I mean, probably the closest thing in in terms of a freak athlete that we've seen uh, to Calvin Johnson, or maybe a freak athlete in the zone, uh, really, because you you just have to give Julio Jones that respect. Year in and year out, he's always towards the top. I know he's had a little bit of a touchdown problem um, in terms of converting in the red zone, but that could go either way in terms of the blame. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going Julio Jones here, man. Can make every catch in the book. He's a pristine route runner. And, like I said, every catch in the book, and that includes the 50-50 ball. I I love Julio Jones.
2: Yeah. Out of all the receivers, the best built one for sure, pause. But, like, prototype, prototype, like, that's the wide receiver that you want, man. The dude, like Roland said, speed. He's faster than Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. He jumps higher than both of those guys. He's got all the intangibles. Unfortunately, he's not on a playoff team, and that bumps him a little. I mean, the touchdown thing that Roland talked about is also a problem because he scored less touchdowns than Hopkins and Thomas, but also not making the playoffs. You know, it kind of hurts. But Julio consistently top five, pretty much his whole career in the league.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I love Julio, man. This is a guy that would easily be uh, on top of everyone's list if he was on a team like other the other two were
1: so yeah. we'll third. All right, three for me is gonna be Michael Thomas. Uh man, uh seventeen hundred yards last year. That's you know, quite a bit of yards. Uh I know a lot of people talk about the, the routes he's running, but you got seventeen hundred yards, you're doing something right.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh just an interesting point through three uh through three names so far it's been the same three names that brought up through for the top yeah. three. Quick Here's question, where we can guys. can see something different here, though. Let's see.
2: Quick question, though, real quick. Uh, Michael Thomas, his numbers can't get better, right? It's only worse from last year?
3: I agree. Yeah, I don't know how they get better. How many catches did he have? He had over 130 catches. He broke yeah. the single-season catch record. I, I don't think it gets much better than that, and it's not a slight. It's just it, it has <laughs> the, the bar. It doesn't get much better in terms of catches. Yeah.
2: 149 receptions last year.
3: I mean, there you go, the
1: only thing you can think of if, if it could get better was just because Breeze was out how many games? And maybe, maybe, If games, he plays the full season, maybe. But it, it would be really point, hard. Yes, You're going to see defense starting to key a little different on him. But that would be the only way you could see something better.
2: Yeah, those stats are pretty crazy. I, I just don't think that you can go up
1: from there. It would be very hard. I don't think anybody's expecting it, at least. Number four, Roland.
3: Number four, this guy uh, hopped into my list and into my top ten personally probably last year and just bumped up just because he's just a a hoss and he produces game in and game out, and he's the only guy on that receiving core. Uh, So without further ado, uh, my number four is uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, Finished last year with uh, 1,300 yards, 100 catches, 7 touchdowns. Just a monster. Continued what he did the year before, and that was uh, with uh, on and off with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I know he was injured. He had some injuries the year before last uh, as well, but was very productive. Uh, so I'm going to give him the number four ranking here.
2: Yeah, four. I got the cheetah. I got Tyreek Hill, man. We saw how he changed that Super Bowl around on that big third-down conversion. I, he's just too big of a problem for defenses, man. The s- speed is just... It's the biggest factor in the NFL, and this guy's a problem. Um, I know we know he had to serve a little bit of – he served a little bit of a suspension last year, a couple of games. Or no? games he got missed
1: his, due to injury. To yeah. To
2: injury, yeah. It wasn't – So he he missed a couple of games for injury. I know he mossed the Texans when we played them uh, early in the season. But, yeah, I got Tyreek Hill at number four. Game changer.
0: I'm with Roland on this one, man. Adams. I uh, think he's a guy that not a lot of people uh, look at very easily, you know, and put him in the top five that easily. But he's definitely up there as far as everything that you need on a wide receiver. I mean, you got Jordy Nelson shipped out of town. Yeah, he's another guy that, like Diego said, uh, he's a he's a big guy. He's a, a big target. So
3: I, I like that in my receivers.
1: For me, number four, it's Tyreek Hill. Uh, 58 catches, 860 yards, and seven touchdowns, even though he missed four games. Uh, over the top, I don't think anybody does it like him. You know, it's got to be him for me at number four. Cool, all right. Number five,
3: number five. I'll just make it quick because you guys just all talked about him. Um, I'm going Tyreek Hill with my number five for all of the reasons that you guys mentioned,
2: yeah. At number five, as, as much as I hate putting an Aggie in my top five at receiver uh, with his new quarterback and the system that they play in under Bruce Arians, I'm going to go with Mike Evans at number five.
0: Uh, same thing with Roland, man. I got Hill here, so I'm not going to touch up too much on it. The guy's just too fast to do anything about it. For me,
1: um, I got OBJ. I know his first three seasons were a lot better than his last three. But, you know, you still see that potential. It's going to be really up to that quarterback for him. But I still think he's top five as far as being able to get out there and catch the ball.
3: Justin, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because um, everybody's given their number fives, right? Uh, Because Odell's my number six. Um, Just led me into my pick. I just wanted to take that number six. I think Odell... Uh, for all intents and purposes, I mean, just based off a of talent, I, I think he's easily a, a top-five quarterback. I think you can flip him and Tyreek. I mean, I'd, shoot, I, I could jump him up as, as high as four on my list, and just all all things considered, all things that he brings to you. I mean, he gives you the Tyreek Hill explosiveness. He can take a slant and go 70 with it. He can go up and get the jump ball. I mean, he, he made his career, or didn't make his career, but his career jump-started with that one-hander against the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody knows uh, he does all of those things for you and sure. He's battled some injuries. He has some uh, quarterback issues potentially with uh, Baker Mayfield, but just based off the talent what this guy can give you when he's healthy and with a good connection with his quarterback
0: I'm gonna go obj as my number six mm-hmm. And it's interesting you guys say that cause I don't have obj in my top ten I, two of us. I Don't I'm not an obj fan uh, I look at this list based off of if I had this team or if I'm drafting this team, and OBJ is a guy that I just look over real quick. I think wide receivers are frosting, and uh, I, I just – That's a good point. You know what I mean? I don't want a guy causing media attention, getting people in my locker room, you know what I mean, over not getting a catch or whatever it is. I'm just not a fan of that stuff.
2: Who's your number six,
0: Diego. My number six, man, I've got to respectfully say I got Cooper. Uh Cooper? Yeah, bro, I got Cooper. I got Cooper six, man. Nice.
2: At six, at six, I got Devontae Adams. Pretty plain and
0: simple. I mean, he's the
2: only receiver on that team, like Roland mentioned. He's been pretty consistent. Some injuries, but, yeah, he's right out of my top five, and I think him and Mike Evans are
1: interchangeable. Um. For number six, I'm with Diego. I got Amari Cooper. Season and a half in Dallas, 1,900 yards and 14 touchdowns already. Uh, he can almost run any route, too. It's, it's it's looking good for him in Dallas. So I got uh, Cooper at six. Nice. All, All right.
3: Number what seven. Do you, who, what do you got at seven, Justin? Stephon Diggs. Okay. Okay. I like that. He's in my top ten. I, I like that.
1: Yeah. What about Stephon. you, rolling Seven.
3: My seven, uh, I think everybody's already mentioned him except for maybe Diego, um, is uh, Mike Evans. Um, I, I like it's another big frame wide receiver, but he has a little bit of get up. I know he pulled his hamstring on that freak uh, touchdown, it broke my heart. Um, I had him on one of my fantasy teams, and I like him as a player. I hate to see him go down, uh, but he has a little bit of get up. He can go up and, and probably run most of the routes on the route tree. Um, And he goes up and gets the 50-50 balls. So uh, I love that about a receiver. So, yeah, Mike Evans at number seven, man. And let's see where he can go with Tom Brady. Yeah.
1: Looking forward to seeing that pairing. Yeah. Um,
2: At seven, I'm going to go with his teammate. I'm going to go with Chris Godwin. So I think that that's the best duo in football as far as receivers. Yeah. I think they now have the best duo. Maybe Diggs and Thielen could have thrown him some comp. Um, But – Now with Brady throwing them the ball, I mean, I expect big things. I know Brady can't push it as far, but he's so accurate. And for somebody like Chris Godwin, he had 86 receptions and over 1,300 yards. So like Roland mentioned about OBJ where he could catch a screen or a slant and take it all the way, Chris Godwin is the same way. Uh, We know he gave his number up to Brady, number 12, and he went and switched. So I expect Brady to pay him back a little bit and, and look his way. So, yeah, I,
0: like I got that. Chris Godwin at number seven. All right. I got Keenan Allen. Man, I First love Keenan Allen, man. Who's going to throw to him? He's a guy that I've always, man, he's he's, he's just a dude, you know? Pristine um, route runner. definitely in that second tier. Uh, if we were to put these guys in tiers, I got Michael Thomas and Hop and Julio at the top. And I would definitely have this guy in uh, in a safe second tier um but he's definitely up there man at number seven for me all
1: right
3: rolling number eight number eight i i think um uh, ben mentioned him right now it's mike evans teammate uh, i had them at seven and eight uh chris, I, I just gave mike evans a nod because i like those big frame receivers and he's been doing a little longer uh so uh, chris godwin man bursted onto the scene uh was one of i don't want to toot my own horn i've been talking about fantasy but i drafted him in fantasy in one of my leagues and he paid off uh out really good for me so chris godwin at number eight man and i I like him he plays in the slot i think he's as ben mentioned he did change his number for tom brady but i think coming out of the slot too is going to make him one of his favorite targets as well
2: yeah and the the also the thing about him was he missed like those three or four games at the end of the year
3: yeah unfortunately
2: he, he was number two pretty much all the way until he got hurt as far as receiving yards even being those that little of receptions Uh, But anyways, at my number eight, um, I have old, faithful, and reliable, man, Cooper Cup. Um, I have Cooper Cup in my top ten. I think that he's reliable. He catches the ball. He catches touchdowns for the Rams. I like him and Goff's little connection uh, with Brandon Cooks also leaving. I think that gives him more looks. I don't like Goff as a quarterback, but he loves looking at Cooper Cup, man. He loves throwing a Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup, once he catches the ball— Surprisingly, he's he's pretty good after the catch for a white boy. Um, so yeah, I got Cooper. Sure. Uh,
1: Your number uh, eight, Diego.
0: My number eight, man. I, I gotta go with Godwin, man. Um Godwin, I think Godwin. a lot of people either put uh, it's gonna be Godwin and Evans back to back, and it's just gonna be flip flop on who you put. But I got Godwin, uh, just because. I don't know, man. He's he's just got this edge factor to him where he finds the end zone after the catch, with ridiculously, dude. So I'm just going to go with Godwin, man.
2: Yeah,
1: Speed kills. All right, my, my eight and nine, I'm going to go both right now just because they're on the same team. Eight, Mike Evans. Nine, Chris Godwin.
0: Okay. Yeah. I got it. Okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, my nine, Justin, you mentioned him a little bit earlier, is uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, this guy, just I mean, production, the last three years has been there, so uh, you can't deny that, over 1,000 yards. He went over 1,200 this past year. I'm a little surprised Minnesota dealt him away, to be honest, seeing as he was kind of the healthier guy between him and Thielen. Uh, but I guess he was able to re- give them more of a of a pull, I guess, or more of a haul on their trade. So uh, he was the one that they ended up dealing. But I, I like Stefan Diggs. Uh, hopefully him and uh, Who's Josh Allen can can work out over there in Buffalo and they can have a nice little connection and his numbers don't take a dip because I mean, this guy can do everything in the book as well. And another pristine route runner that I like.
2: Yeah. And he didn't even like being there in Minnesota. He wasn't a big fan of Kirk Cousins. So, like Roland said, younger guy, faster guy than Thielen, but man, they got a haul for him. So yep. it, it paid off for both teams. At number nine for me, I got Amari Cooper. Um, I would have him higher, but I just think that he's softer in the big games. We saw how he didn't finish that game against Philly. Um, But, you know, he has all the talent. Former first-round pick, like we said, at a wide receiver factory, Alabama. Um, He's got all the intangibles. I don't think that he runs as many routes as most people think. I think that he's mostly like a go route or comeback route uh, for Cooper, but he's still in the top 10 regardless.
0: My nine is Evans, man. So, Mike Evans. All
2: right, yeah.
1: nice. All right, number ten, Roland.
0: My number ten,
3: uh, Ben touched on him, and I think he hit on uh, one or two points that uh, made me not put him as high on my list as Amari Cooper, um, Dallas Cowboys guy. I watched him play a lot uh, ever since he came to Dallas. He's, I mean, the the help that he's offered Dak in, in terms of a true target is undeniable. The offense has changed uh, since he's got in there. Uh, But as Ben alluded to also, he has fallen flat in some big spots, especially against uh, primetime cornerbacks. Uh, That's one thing that I've kind of noticed, and it kind of jumps out at you. You know, he played against Philly. We mentioned they had a pretty tough secondary. They got stronger over the offseason, but even last year, they had a pretty tough secondary with Jalen Mills um, as their cornerback. Uh, Held Amari Cooper to 24 yards. Uh, Played against, uh, I think it's the L.A. Rams. Got held to... To 19 yards, or that might be the the wrong LA, but I know against Buffalo and against um, New England, teams who both have good quarterback, I mean, corners, he kind of got shut down, especially against New England, got held to to zero catches. Uh, But the good thing is, again, like I mentioned and Justin mentioned, 1900 yards and 14 touchdowns since he's been with Dallas. Production's undeniable, just needs to be a little bit more consistent towards the end. So Omari Cooper, number 10 for me.
2: Bad number 10. Yeah, Cooper's going to have some battles with Darius Slay. I know Slay had really good numbers against Amari Cooper as well. So that's going to be another division matchup. At number 10, man, I'm going to go against the grain, kind of like I did with my quarterbacks. And I'm going to put Christian McCaffrey as my number 10 wide receiver. We saw that he broke the record for receptions as running backs last year. I mean, he went for over 1,000 yards uh, receiving. He went for over 100 receptions. That makes him a wide receiver. He lines up in the slot, out of the backfield. He gets it done everywhere. So at number 10, I'm going with Christian McCaffrey.
1: All right, but for the sake of keeping it just receivers, who would be your number 10 if it wasn't Christian McCaffrey? Because mm. when we do our running back list, that's a good reason to put him in your top 10. But, but yeah, yeah, but he's
2: also a receiver. I mean, no, he But, had I, better but stats. I'd,
1: rather, I'd rather hear another receiver name just to just, uh, flatten it out with just receivers here.
2: I'd go with, then I'm still going to go on the edge, and I'm going to say DK Metcalf at number 10. Okay.
0: Interesting.
2: That's very I interesting. I actually
0: like the fact that you picked McCaffrey, man. We're, we're yeah, great. I like the McCaffrey pick. Justin
3: but. made me switch it, guys. No,
1: no, no, I, I like it <laughs> because <laughs> it makes yeah. sense, but I wanted to keep the list just pure wide receiver yeah,
0: no, it for makes the sense. purpose
1: of when we <laughs> argue online and talk about it with people. It's fair.
0: I just think McCaffrey, man, we're quick to label players. He's He's got everything, bro. He, he, he Athlete. He's a wide receiver, man. I mean, what what do you guys label Taysom Hill? You know what I mean? What the is athlete.
1: that? He you you play a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, uh, athlete. Okay. So um, for my number 10, man, I'm just going to put him in here because out of respect, I've, I've seen this guy too many times. Uh, AJ Green, man. I mean, I know right yeah. now he's not a uh, – worth to be reckoned with but who knows with Joe Burrow coming out but man AJ Green has been a havoc for 10 years almost I want to say I don't know how long he's been in the league now Respect. but it feels like forever he's just been destroying my secondary so I gotta go with AJ Green 10 and three guys that I got on the outside looking in on this list are Cooper Cup, uh T.Y. Hilton and Adam Thielen man nice That's- I like that
1: All right, for my number 10, it's an NFC North guy, but it's not Devontae Adams. It's Kenny Galladay.
3: Nice. Nice. Respect. I like Kenny Galladay. He was on my outside looking in. I had Kenny Galladay just right out there.
1: All right, well, that's our top 10 uh, receiver list. Uh, I believe uh, someone will post the Excel spreadsheet with with it numbered. And um, we look forward to y'all's commentary on it to see what y'all think go ahead and hit us up on Twitter or even on Facebook and uh tell give us your top 10. Let us know where we're right, where we're wrong. Uh let us know if Ben's right with McCaffrey being at 10. Yeah, cuz we're going to post McCaffrey, not DK Metcalf. Okay?
3: Yeah, I'd rather do that, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I just I, I just wanted McCaffrey's, to hear the, the other receiver. I like McCaffrey.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh hey, Diego, it was great having you on, man. It's, it's a pleasure. I want to say we, uh, we all of us appreciate you looking at the podcast every week and putting your comments in. That's awesome, man. We do appreciate you.
0: Yeah, man, definitely I appreciate you guys having me. I love the podcast. Love what you guys do. Here to support you guys. Keep going, and man, I mean, I enjoy uh, listening to it and on the mornings. I'm excited when it comes out, so I'm excited yes. to see this. Bustle, yes, no, bro.
1: And uh, where where can the people find you? Uh, what's your Twitter handle or your your socials?
0: My Twitter is at Diego F. Demarchi, D M A R C H I. And uh, yeah, man, just shoot me a DM or whatever. I'm there.
1: All right, man. Hey, good having you Adam again, DM. man. We appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it, bro.
3: Yes, sir. Thanks, Diego. Love.
1: All right, man. Thanks. All right. Well, that's it for us this week on We Talking About Sports. This is uh, episode number eight. Um, and it was good having Diego on, man. We appreciate you coming on. That was awesome of you. And uh, y'all got anything else to say? Any other last words? Any last topics y'all want to bring up?
2: Uh, I'll just say that we appreciate, I mean, still people joining the Pick'em Contest, man. Um, You know, we had two new people join this week. Uh, Stuff's ramping up. A lot of fights are getting booked. And, you know, the the UFC schedule is going to be busy. So we also have basketball ramping up. Uh, football is right around the corner for football. We'll be having people come on and making, you know, the, the weekly NFL picks as well with a podcast. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to everything, man. Episode 8 in the books, getting closer to number 10.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for mentioning all of that. And and Diego, thanks again for coming on. It was awesome having another guest. Look forward to having uh, more guests in the future as we uh, break down uh, more season schedules potentially and tr- and do more skill possession uh, skill position breakdowns. Uh, But once again, just thanks, everybody, for continuing to listen. And uh, keep on giving us your feedback because I definitely like that. And if there's anything that we missed that you want to see us maybe talk about or hear us talking about, uh, put it in the comments or something. That way we can uh, make sure to include it uh, in the next podcast uh, and make sure we can get this product as good as we can. So, yeah, thanks, everybody.
1: What do you all think next week? uh, uh, Running backs next week? Top ten?
3: Yeah, let's do running backs, right? Or do you want to save running backs and, and do a defensive position and do top 10 cornerbacks?
1: Up to
2: you. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for whatever. I think we can figure it out during the week.
3: But yeah, we can figure it out during the week, and we'll post it to let you guys know. Yeah. The last
2: thing I was going to say was if there's any uh, errors in the in the contest, Justin, um, you know, I, we repeat everybody scores every podcast. So just, you know, whatever picks you got right based off the Lost Podcast, hit me up. If my math is wrong, I'll quickly go back, look at it, fix it, and get it right.
1: Yeah. All right, man. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, available on all podcast platforms, YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate the love we've been seeing on Facebook views. That's The numbers are going up there, so we, we thank you all for that. All right, peace. Later.
0: I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about
1: practice, not a game, not a game. Bam, bam, me, man. Not a game. Slap that
2: place she score thirty. We're talking about sports. I mean, what we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here.